The Comedy Zone Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hey guys, it's Brian. Greetings from mid-Michigan. I am uh, on vacation visiting with family for the next couple of weeks. It's a glorious afternoon. Uh, eh, late morning <laughs> in, uh, in mid-Michigan. I've actually forgotten what day it is, which is pretty nice. So uh, what you're going to get here is a uh, best of episode of the, uh, the Comedy Zone podcast featuring one of our favorite guests, Mr. Paul Hooper. He, uh, he came along, spent some time with us a while back, and uh, that's what you are going to hear in the next uh, couple minutes here is uh, Charlotte's favorite and uh, one of our favorite people on the entire planet, Mr. Paul Hooper. So uh, enjoy that. We'll be back with brand new podcasts again uh, next week. Let me think about what date that would be, 12, 13, 14, uh, the 15th, somewhere around there. I've lost track of what day it is. It's been a pretty good vacation. Um, so uh, I do need to let you know before we do that about the Queen City Podcast Network. We've, we have now assembled eight of uh, Charlotte's best podcasts, a collection of podcasts produced in Charlotte about things going on in Charlotte, all kinds of great stuff. We've got the Charlotte Podcast. They're talking about news and current events. We've got Cheer Charlotte Radio talking about the local beer scene. You can't swing a dead cat in Charlotte without hitting a uh, brewery, and uh, the uh, Cheer Charlotte Radio guys have all that stuff covered with uh, the breweries and the beer and the food and uh, all that other stuff. So Cheer Charlotte Radio, you want to check that out. Yelp Charlotte, if you're just interested in food or other business goings on around Charlotte, the Yelp Charlotte podcast with Nikki Wolf will keep you updated with what's going on, and we'll talk to some of the cool people happening and uh, making things happen in and around the Queen City. We also have a podcast called uh, Creative Loafing's Local Vibes, all about the local music scene, bands in studio performing their songs live. That is pretty cool stuff. You might be familiar with the Comedy Zone podcast. We've also added some new podcasts, uh, American Timelines, which is a a very cool podcast. A Charlotte man and his wife are talking about uh, decades. They go through year by year, and they talk about how those decades and how those things affected them and changed the world and pop culture and all that other stuff. So that is pretty cool. It's a very funny podcast, and you're going to like that one, American Timelines. They're doing the 1970s right now. So that's interesting, right? Uh, Another podcast called You May Have Seen, a local actor, Brian LaFontaine. uh, He's always like, you know, cop number two or doctor number one. Uh, in movies. Most actors, that's actually what they do. Most actors, this is a shock, aren't George Clooney. They're not uh, Julie Roberts. They're the guys in the background or the the uh, bit players kind of making stuff happen in movies. Brian LaFontaine's one of those guys. You've seen him in Stranger Things. You've seen him in Homeland. Well, now he's talking to other actors who have some great behind-the-scenes stories of on the sets and uh, kind of what makes them tick and what, what makes them do what they do, what makes them want to live the life that they live. You may have seen is uh, one of our newer podcasts. And then, and then uh, our newest podcast, uh, The Comics Alternative. Two guys with PhDs talking about comic books. That uh, is pretty fun. And, and it's recorded live at a comic book store here in Charlotte. So that is pretty cool as well. So now eight podcasts all produced in Charlotte, all about things kind of happening in and around Charlotte. Check it out, queencitypodcastnetwork.com. In the meantime, here is the Comedy Zone podcast, a vintage episode with Paul Hooper. From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at Comedy Zone Podcast at gmail.com. Now, 
your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you. I had that. That was a golf clap for the Masters. I came up with that on the way here. How's everybody? You did. (laughs) Sounds so familiar. I can't pin it, though. We've actually got a third host today, but we couldn't get our voiceover guy to to do it in time. This is big time, but we got the crew. First of all, you got all three of us, which is rare. Yeah. And then we got a special guest. So we've got a unicorn on top yes. of a rainbow. Our guest today is now, I think, in the Comedy Zone Podcast Hall of Fame. Uh, yep, absolutely. It's like SNL a- when somebody comes on three times. That's right. He's a three-timer. Do we have any other three-timers? We do not. Wait, wouldn't it be four-timer? Because it's been three timers with me. No, there was has no it been? fourth. Yes, it Well, has. there was, yeah, I think My the first, first time, time with you. Then and you had, then you, me, you and David Tell. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's Wait, two. Hold on. I was there for that as well. Were you? She yes, you were there for that. Yeah. You're right. OMG. Sorry. I might quit. Fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> and there was <laughs> another <laughs> time. I don't know. Is there was fourth. This is, I don't know. Could it be so fourth? this would be three with me. You guys had him once before me. I think you're right. I think Thank it you. is four. I don't know that we had him once before you. You did. It's three or four. Yeah. It's one of those. It's a lot. So I will know. have that answer by the end of the show. Okay. I well, either way, well, either way, three is more than anybody else, right? Yes. Even if it's just three. That is correct. And four is just ridiculous. <laughs> four he, sets the bar. He may four, be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I haven't <laughs> been on here four times. <laughs> That's true. That's We're fair. still working on that. This is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, well let, without further ado, anyway, right? Yes. We got Paul Hooper. That's right. Thank Paul you. Hooper. You know, here. I'm honored. Three, four times, eight times, whatever it is. <laughs> I've been in here a lot. It's just been, been, been so day. magical you can't even count. No, that's right. Yeah. It all blends together. Let me turn my it's chair so I can podcast. gaze at you. Hold on. We can officially call him a friend of the show and mean it. I think so. Well, right? I don't know if he I'm calls a friend us of the a show? friend. Yeah, you are. You're yeah. all friends. Yeah. yeah. Will promised a headshot on the wall or something. And that's right. Like yeah, we're going to put it. We want to put. It's not going to be of you, but there will be a headshot yeah. on the wall. I need it to be. No, I need it to be a track lighting, too. All right. We could call it the Hooper Studio. That'd be nice too. That like would be a black outside. Or You're something also like gonna have like Hooper Studios. Sponsor. Yeah, you guys sponsor. No, 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 no. Let's not do that. I'm just <laughs> yeah, that's just Hooper put Studio. That yeah. You guys find sponsors. Let's put my name up there. I can't be. Yeah. I so, like it. so I tell me if this is courtier doc because I thought in my head, wow, we should call this episode "Hanging with Mr. Hooper." Oh uh, Jesus Christ! Is that cool? Again, what this people? is my second time quitting for the day. So uh, are these da- are these dad jokes oh, starting to happen already? They're pre dad jokes. Oh damn it! I need That's you it. to get those out of your system, buddy. Go ahead. I got killed on. with that when that show was on the air twenty years ago. Really? People said that to you? Yeah, hanging with Mister Hooper and stuff like that. And then the Jaws thing too. People have nailed me with that. Hooper drives the boat, chief. Right? Yes. People have done that. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the last couple of years, people just get my name wrong and call me Paul Hopper. I don't know how that's what possible. That? I don't know what's going on. Something's wrong with a human brain recently. I mean, this duh. Is, <laughs> for 20, well, I'm 41 years old. For 30 years of my life, people just, even in grade school, like they call me Paul Hooper the Pooper Scooper. Uh, that's the kid's <laughs> shitty joke. But they got my name but right, sh- and they riffed <laughs> on top of it. I hated it, but they got Hooper right, then went from there. Yeah, it was the At last, least they had your name right. Yeah, they had my name right. right. And the last... Two years, my name will be spelled correctly, and, and people stuff. go, Mr. Hopper. In the Bahamas, not one person's ever said Hooper. They just, when I go to the Bahamas for two weeks every year, Mr. Hopper. Mm. Mr. Maybe when I they call, think you're hopped up on something. It's their drug reference to you. That's it. They did it where one time I called the front desk to arrange the shuttle in the Bahamas, and they're like, 
It's on my room key. And she's like, how's it going, Mr. Hopper? What can we help? I'm like, it's Hooper. It is Hooper. Do wow. you correct them? I, well, that one, I'm like, Hooper. I did because it's like the 20th yeah. time You're it like, happened that right, week. like, all right, listen, I'll let it slide the first 19 times. <laughs> and then she's like, sorry, Mr. Hooper. She's like, I'll connect you with the shuttle service. But she like didn't connect me. She's like, I'll talk to them for you. What time do you need to picked up? I'm like, I don't know, 8 a.m. And she's like, uh, Mr. Uh, Cooper. With, like, what? a shuttle or some shit. She messed it up. I'm like, it's Hooper. She's like, sorry. Then she had to spell my name to the shuttle service. She's like, no, it's Hooper. H-O-O-O. Three O's. She did three O's. It's like binary so they knew. code. So they knew it was Hooper. H-O-O-O. No human name has three O's back to back. Zero. No, Zero. no human names I've ever heard. This has only happened in the last two or three years that people go Hopper. I don't know what it is. I don't think that's, like, dyslexic. No, I will say it's kind of backward. There's a beer in Charlotte that's called Copper, and it's written C O P P E R, like Copper is spelled, and people always call it Cooper. Really? I swear to God. There's something about I understand a P looks like an O. It just has no. a little bit hanging off. No, I think people are just idiots. <laughs> yeah, it is. They're just like lazy eyes, just glancing yeah. and going, "Uh, Hopper." Yeah. That's Have you seen it- the things where the first letter and the last letter are the same, and they scramble the letters in between, and people can still read that. People are just being lazy assholes to you. That's what it is. Okay. Sorry to break it to you. I believe it. No, I believe it. I thought there was something going on with, like, the brain and the. I think they're just messing with you. They're like, oh, here comes Paul Hooper. Call him Hopper. Call him Hopper. (laughs) Hopper. So, who does any. Does that happen with any of you all names or. Well, Baltimore Shepherds. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was just thinking we actually have, like,. Jacobs, Hooper, Francis, like three of the easier names. Sure. In, that in sounds the, like a law firm. <laughs> <laughs> Jacobs, yeah, Hooper, and Francis. Yeah. We like need strong. a Jewish one in there. Hold on. Stein? <laughs> Stein. I'll be Stein. I'll be Francis Stein. Francis Stein. So Baltashevis, you but just then, get yeah, murdered. But it's, yeah, I've stopped correcting people. It's not. Like, what do they say? What's the funkiest iteration of that you've heard? Um, usually it's like Baltosowicz, <laughs> which isn't even close. When has <laughs> there be ever fair. been an emphasis on toe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, the name doesn't look how it's pronounced either. No, but I think if you've seen what's what's the background on it? What's the name? Uh, Russian Polish. Okay, if you've seen names like that, you know that it's not pronounced like it's spelled. Yeah, the, the S I E is an S H. They just they should the W is a V. Brian the C H on the end is a T Z. It's it's not complicated. Oh, it's totally complicated. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> I mean, well, you've had fifty years of practice. <laughs> well, that's true. Have you seen his last name? Let me show you his last yeah, name. Yeah, I've seen his last name. Yeah, we're, I didn't. I haven't tried to pronounce his last name. Uh-oh. See, I understand all that one. Yeah, people get it wrong. Yeah, I would get it wrong. All the time. Yeah. Hooper, I don't understand. No, Hooper. Go ahead and sound that out. Baltusevich. Closer. Yeah. Baltusevich. Yeah, the S-I-E is an S-H. Baltusevich. The the S-I-E is an S-H. Did I get it wrong? I don't know. I said Baltusevich. S-I-E. Yeah, Baltusevich. Baltusevich. Listen, I'm not going to put the... Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is a ridiculous name. It, it is. I, <laughs> Change your name. If you, the first time I ever heard an authentically Polish person pronounced it, I was at a Polish festival, and a guy actually from like you know Warsaw or somewhere in Poland actually saw my last name and nailed it the first time in the Polish way though. How did that sound? Which is Boltasiewicz. Boltasiewicz. Yeah. Boltasiewicz. I can't do it. Either. Yeah. Baltasiewicz. And I was like, "Wow, you nailed it!" Yeah, no, Baltasiewicz. It's an unpronounceable last name. Huh? It's yeah. I feel like I'm watching like original ballet lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with me, with with me, people just think that my last name is so they go, "Mr. Williams." 
Oh, or, or they, mis- yeah. they confuse it. They so it's William it. Jacobs, and, and people will go, oh, Mr. Williams. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, they're just switching it. They're flipping Yeah, because it, right? it'll be like, you know, a lot of things are last name first. Right, first yeah. Name, and they'll see that, and they'll go, Mr. Williams. And I'm like, no, it's William Jacobs. And they go, okay, Mr. Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> strange. I think it's all lazy eyes or people just being lazy glancing and just yeah. not thinking it through. Yeah, you don't have a bunch time of to. Ales. Yeah, I don't know. So you've been having fun, man. We uh we had two shows this yeah. week. Those were good, man. I had a good I had I a good time. I saw your Instagram post. Yeah, I had a good time. Like how you guys were having a bromance. So yeah, it was great. Me. We took a really good picture. That's that nice. one of the better pictures I've taken in a while. You put a good filter on that for and me. I think. Here's <laughs> the thing. Will is very specific about pictures. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I don't. I you know because a lot of my pictures I don't you know and really I should just be in the gym more but I'm expecting the phone to do <laughs> what I'm not doing. So, you know, I get real picky about it. And then I, it's tough for me because other people will look good in a picture and post it. And I'm like, don't think of everyone. Everyone in the photo. Like my wife will post it. shit where I look like Shrek, but she looks just immaculate. Beautiful. So she yeah. posts. She's like, and I'm like, babe, you see, that's not a good look for me. Why are you posting that? Can't we have one? You need a Photoshop. Both? Your yeah. good photo. But this was a picture where I feel like me and Hoop. Looked, looked great. Looked wonderful. Yeah. I'm okay with it. What's that thing called when you like a star takes a photo? Is it kill rights? You know, you're a lawyer. You know this. I always heard this term. He's going to Google this it, later. And then people just stare at me. And it's like I heard it mentioned somewhere. Kill rights. Like they take this photo shoot of a star and they uh, get to go. No, 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 no. And they're like, use that photo. Basically, oh, like yeah, you're yeah. Oh, veto like paparazzi. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, they get total like say in what you use. Yeah. And just like they pick. The photo they like. I thought it was kill rights or something. I thought it was a cool term well, that no one knows what I'm talking about. It, it probably depends on what you're using it for. Because if you're just posting it, then anybody can post it. But if you're posting it for like a publication or something that is monetary. Yeah. But like what if the what about those like Star probably Weekly that. or whatever where it's like, look how shitty Pamela Anderson looks now. And it's like her cellulite on her ass. Has yes, her kill paparazzi. rights just. Oh, so just paparazzi doesn't have it. It's just, okay, that makes more sense. You go to a photo shoot and they get like, yeah, oh, 100% you're shooting for say. a magazine? Yeah. yeah. Got like, it. No, 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 that one. That's and what that's I That's what I just heard. So I used it. Is that right? I, I think, I haven't heard that. I've heard like Final Cut. I've heard that before. Kill Right sounds way cooler. But I'm trying, right. yeah, I'm cool, trying to look it up. Just be like, yeah, no, does, I've got, heads <laughs> will fall if you post <laughs> yeah, that picture. No. Maybe it's someone telling me some bullshit. Yeah, but. the only person I thought had Kill Rights was Tony Stewart. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's oh, that goes way back, right? He that was did. a very Charlotte joke. I mean, he ran okay. over a guy. Oh, that's right, on a dirt track, <laughs> on TV. No, no. Oh, that's right. He yeah, revved his engine scandal. and then ran over him. Okay, to be fair, that's like if OJ would have done like, that on television, right? And it's like, yeah, still not guilty. He that was nuts, and that was like one in the morning. Yeah, I remember that. He just happened to run over a guy that was yelling at him. Yeah. <laughs> And now they're like, oh, he's innocent, but uh, you guys can't get out of your car before the end of the race. Well, no shit. Yeah. Well, Don't make it a like rule now. Running at the car, right? Well, he was With like walking pissed. down and he just... Walking toward of, him a little right. bit and then Tony hit a sharp right. And yeah. he kept playing it like there's a Pruder film, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> that, that part was rough. They played that Over movie. and over and over, right? Was Kill Rights good? Is it now? I didn't see anything. Jesus. There's a video game that I think has something called Kill Rights, and so everything that comes up is all about video games. And oh, I didn't, okay. I didn't have the strength. I'm wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. Someone no, said me some We're going with Kill Rights. Yeah. When I do a, I like my it. first photo shoot, I'm like, listen, I want Kill Rights. And they'll be like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> if I don't like the photo, <laughs> yeah. I get to kill you. It's complete nonsense. So, so last time we, we talked, you were up in New York. You had been there a few years, so I guess it was about a year later. 
or something like that. How are you still finding it up there? Are you enjoying it? Enjoying the scene? Enjoying the? Clubs? I enjoy it more now. Yeah. Mm. Each year I stay, I like it a little bit more, and uh, it's fun. It's fun doing comedy in New York. It's grueling, but you know. And in the city, living in the city, I never liked New York City for like three years. I hated New York City. While now living the, there, yeah, I adjusted to it, and now I've warmed up to it. It'll never be my favorite city. Where do you live? Astoria, Queens. Oh, okay. So it's a pretty like mellow neighborhood, and it's like older neighborhood. It's mm-hmm. like real quiet and stuff, yeah. and then um, and it's cheaper than Manhattan. So that's of course mm-hmm. everybody goes to Brooklyn and Queens because it's cheaper. Although Brooklyn now is Brooklyn is expensive, ridiculous. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I hated the city. It took me a long time to warm up to it. Mm. Looking I'm still not as impressed by New York City as a city as everyone else is. That's what I was going to ask you, because a lot of people from New York, like the city just has this sense of self-importance. Yes. Like, this is New York. If you can make it here. <laughs> like, is it that's really? Because it, they, it's that's literally hype. a saying. If you can make it in New York, yeah. you can make like, it in New York. Like, they'll tell people in the Sudan that shit. Like, if you put New York, <laughs> if you can make it in New York. <laughs> yeah. it's like, right. Come on. It's not. Um, yeah. Side note, do you ever go to Sparrow Tavern? No. Oh. I've never been there. Never heard of it. I'll go. That's in Astoria. Okay, I should go. There's so many places. Yeah. Well, I know there's a bar on every corner. Yeah. True. I'll check it out. There's not many bars that I know of in Astoria, and that's why I have a friend who works there. And I was like, oh, all right, I'll stop by. Yeah. But she lives out that way. I like Astoria's neighborhood. It's cool. And then, um, but yeah, it's like I have to separate it from what what is comedy in New York City and what is the actual city. Like two different sort of opinions of it. Like I like, I think it's like the best comedy scene in the world, but. Or the best that I've seen, and then it's hard. And I, but I love that. I think it makes you better as a comic. But then the actual city, like if people always dreamed. Even comics were like, I always dreamed of living in New York City. I never wanted to move, move to New York City. I moved to New York City for comedy. I would never live there as a human being. Will you move away? Yes, hopefully. Mm. And maybe if I die in the next week or two, I'll be there. But if like it is I, New York, if so. I live to, I know I don't want to stay there for the rest of my life, rich or poor or anywhere right. in the middle. I don't want to stay there. Where would you rather be? Would you go California? uh, I guess we all get funneled through L.A., but that's not my dream to live there. Honestly, I would like to live somewhere like Santa Fe, New Mexico. Like high desert southwest, I think, is the most beautiful place Mm. in the United States. I love that. And I just like to live in a small... Is there a big comedy scene out there? Or just when you... This is like nervous breakdown level retirement is the way I think (laughs) Oh, okay, great, great. Yeah, no, that's good. (laughs) When I hated New York the first couple years, I would get on Craigslist and look up like casitas in Santa Fe as a backup. I'm like, can I go live in someone's garden home for like three months and turn my phone off and never go back to society? And I stopped doing that recently. It's always a dream. It's where I want to live. I don't want to live in New York City the rest of my life. I would like to do it just like someday when you maybe, I don't know. Are you aware that's not the normal dream? I know, but <laughs> I feel like I, I just, I don't need need to be around that many people. I like a yeah. lot of things about New York. I like, I like... The stuff that people hate, I like about fast moving. Or people think they're rude. I like that everyone's like, get on with it, go about your day, right. walk fast, don't just mingle and talk to strangers. Yeah, it's not. How's everybody doing today? It's just go, fucking go. Now you're from Charlotte, or where are you originally from? Charlotte. Yeah. yeah so. Oh wow. So. So that's why he's annoyed with people being like. I, that's so weird. Like you're from here, but you like though, because that's it's not like that here. You like those things about New York. Right. A lot of people from here don't. That's what but they right. They don't like that. For stuff. people who have never been to Charlotte, it's not like good old South either. I mean, we're a big melting pot now mm-hmm. of bankers and Northerners. So mm-hmm. I think you get a good mix. But I agree, New York is definitely like a fast pace. It is in and comparison I like that. to like our medium speed. Yeah. 
And yeah. I like that part of New York. And I like that the people that moved to New York without like, getting some cliche or something. But I like, whether it's comics or whatever, people like have, like, with balls have moved there and tried to do something. So it it's makes true. for, like, amazing people in New York, like, with a work ethic that have risked everything yeah. to do. And it makes for some, like, great people and great conversations that I really like, that people is from all over the world, like, fuck it, I'm going for it. Right. It's the I same reason scary. people from across the globe come to the United States is the reason a lot of people in the United States go to New York. Yeah. yeah. And it's Fun. just – so it's – I like that part of it. But uh, the other side of it being beautiful, I'll never be impressed by man-made things as much as nature. A, um, a mountain or a beach beats a skyscraper all the time. Hmm. The best architecture. That totally it. makes sense than why you would move to – Santa Fe. Yeah, absolutely, because the – atmosphere out there is gorgeous yeah and we were just talking about sedona mm-hmm. like coming into the podcast i went there a few months ago it's incredible it's the most beautiful thing ever and i so i get why rich people disp- like descend upon those towns aspen colorado like unbelievable yeah mm. but new york i don't know what it is i can't believe like rich people sometimes live there but, because they still got to leave those apartments and look at that shit where you're yeah like, but i think i think it. it's probably the same mentality of like I came here to make it, and I made it. So this is my staple that I made it. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's that's there's it some for prestige them. to it, and you stay there. That's where business is conducted, and yeah, you live in a fancy apartment. But I don't know. I would escape. I mean, I would. I understand. It's great for comedy, but how know. long? So how long do you want to stay? Is there a certain like okay, once this happens, I'm out? Or I feel like I could stay another five or ten years max, and that's it. Okay, I've been there six years, another five or ten years, no matter what's happening ten, in my life. Five or ten, that's a big gap. I know. Well, like, I give you know it a little I mean? cushion. Right. But. <laughs> five or ten years, that's not like five or six. Like, yeah. that's right. five or double five. I just don't want to be 65 years old, rich or poor, living in New York City. Right. I don't want to do that. Right. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to hear the noise. I don't want to smell it. I just don't want to be around Well, it. nobody wants to smell New York. Let's be yeah. serious. And I won't be, you know, walking it as fast right. at that point in my life. So, no. Uh, you know, in the activity, I didn't move. I moved also when I was 35 years old or something, and I was sober. So I missed this whole magical, maybe if you go when you're 22 and you do coke in a city, run around drunk, there's some other magical side in your yeah, bright lights mean mugged. something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I, like, I did a big skyscraper. I'm like, oh, they put a lot of work into that. Who cares? Yeah. Right. There's yeah. a lot of offices in there. Right. I never look at it and I'm like, in awe of it. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, those poor people are trapped. Project. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, this this interview, this this is phenomenal (laughs) already. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because normally if you're talking to or about Paul Hooper to someone else, there's a lot of stories about his 20s. And there's a lot of stories about, <laughs> about years ago. But to hear today is Paul Hooper is 65. I don't know if we've ever heard anybody. <laughs> we, this is the, like the golden years, the sunset. That's what right. does the sunset look like for Paul Hooper? This is different. I like that. Yeah, well, I have I just, to think that way. I want to correct you. It's Hopper. I know this. Hopper. 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 How dare you? Hopper. How dare you? H-O-O-O-O. Yeah. No P, which is weird for Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what it looks like to you. Somewhere flat. Well, I don't know if it's flat land. No, there's warm, warm, quiet, beautiful. And without us. (laughs) It's just like I've had a lot of noise in my life, the 20s with my drinking. And then comedy, being in the comedy business, a lot of you're you're out in clubs all night or you're yelling at hecklers and there's a lot of noise to it. Someday I just want it quiet. It's a typical old man dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like most people just ignore him, right? Me? <laughs> I said hecklers. Don't people no- yeah. normally ignore them? Oh, that. Yeah. Are you just like, fuck it, I'm going to go after this 
this text. Oh, hoobo, hoobo. Have you had it any depends. the past couple nights? No. No. Okay. No, not really. No. All right. So I feel like Will would, would tackle somebody for you. No, that was fun. I li- I really like those shows. <laughs> yeah. 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 They they've been they yeah they were good this week. Nobody, you know, nothing really happened. It's great. I mean, it's happened the last couple of weeks. There's somewhere I was. A, I mean, there's always a heckler. You don't get a run of shows without a heckler. You don't get ten shows back to back without a heckler. I don't think. Hmm. No. I never have. Uh, particularly not if you if you take real risks with your material. Like you know, you can you can avoid it sometimes if everything's safe. But if you're really exploring ideas that are out of the box a little bit, then you know, it pushes them. Yeah, it it dude, that's people. what I think too. I have I don't get political or anything with comedy, so I'm not up there doing Trump jokes. I'm not push. I'm not pushing anyone because I don't. I sort of block it out. But then I have other ideas that I think. That are easy that I don't understand why people get upset with. The hometown pride thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, people will fight me on it. A lot of times they just stare at me. They like stonewall me and won't laugh. It's like a foreign concept. And I never thought that was a hard idea to get, but it is. Hometown pride? Like like hometown gay pride? Or I'm just proud of where I'm from? People proud of where Proud from. of where oh, okay. sport, Going nuts about their sports teams and this yeah. location. Oh, and thinking oh, okay. that the players give a damn about yeah, the players. Yeah, the sports stuff. Yeah, it can be... Really severe. More than religion. I think sometimes they think comics can make fun of religion, but they're sort of surprised a comic would make fun of sports or trash sports or their hometown. And I think people get weirded out here because I'm from Charlotte and I don't care about the teams. Right. Yeah. And so they're sort of like, we don't get Oh, you mean what? our teams who didn't do shit? Yeah. But even when they oh, did okay. shit, I didn't care. Right. I didn't care. But you know what? I'm one of those sports fans that, like, I'm a super-duper Philadelphia sports fan, but I'm also able to acknowledge how ridiculous a lot of that is. That's all I ask. Like, you like I can do, I can do that. Yeah, I'm able to do. Listen, that. at the beginning of the season, he's like, "We're gonna win the championship. <laughs> we got this." Halfway through, he's like, "Fuck it, guys." I yeah. don't. You know. Like this is the, this is the debate me and my wife constantly have because she's like that about Beyonce, and I'm like, okay, but when people Beyonce like Beyonce has become a sports. Well, team. here's here's the thing. <laughs> in this, it, it functions in some of the same ways though yeah. because. In the same way that I like some Eagles fans will get really pissed if you talk shit about Eagles. Oh. Let somebody shit on Beyonce in front of my oh, wife. Yeah. She gets angry like it's her sister. And I'm like, you don't even know this woman. Why this woman would not care if you died today. In the same way that no Philadelphia Eagle would care if I died today. Right. But I can acknowledge how ridiculous the attachment is. She does not? My wife does not. Yeah. <laughs> or she won't openly acknowledge it to me. Thank you. See, that's the sports fan I can understand yeah. right there. Sort of get it. I have a few friends like that. Then I have friends that are like comics and smart people who are just like diehard sports. They analyze, they deconstruct everything else in society. Then sports, I mean, I don't know what to do they with like sometimes it? smart sports fans because I'm like, you're like a religious scientist. <laughs> you know it's dumb and you just continue. to. Bo- so tell me how to do that. I just take my mind off of it and just go, I love it. I don't know these guys on the field. They don't care about me. They're not even from the town they represent, right. but I got to buy right. into a bigger sense of community, which I don't buy into at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy into this. We're all like in it together because we're right here in a certain area of businesses. Well, like all that, we're tied together. I'm like my family and friends, people that I know personally, right. you guys, but right. not these. How many people are in Charlotte? There's no way I could care about them. A million. A million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you find okay. a, you find that a lot of times in blue collar towns too because they don't have much of anything yeah. else. And so when you go to third world countries, they'll kill you over soccer right. because what else do a lot of people there have besides this sports? Like in Philadelphia, I say people don't have property to give you. They hand down their sports teams. 
So it's like the, the Eagles came from my grandfather, and they went yeah. to my father, and they went to me. And it feels like a personal possession almost, like a family heirloom. Right. That's how people treat that stuff in places like that. But if you go to L.A., San Diego, people can give a shit, really, about sports. That, you know, they're on the beach. Well, especially when the teams are moving, like Oakland. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah, and the teams will leave in a second. Yeah. They don't give a damn. Yeah. So it really doesn't make. They're going to follow the money, right? Because I always get upset too that even when I watch like sports, like Carolina Panthers, they named it Carolina. I just talking to some guy. He wasn't really a heckler in a show. Two Carolinas, one team. That's what he's that's doing. What the, that's what they say. Because I'm like, where are you f- from? You're a Panthers fan. He somebody said Panthers fan. He's wearing Panthers gear. I'm like, where are you from? He said South Carolina. I'm like, you know, they just did that to make more money, right? We all know that. Right. Yeah, he, Charlotte he, Panthers. When the uh, Cardinals moved from St. Louis to Phoenix, um, initially the first, I think, one or two seasons, they called themselves the Phoenix Cardinals, and it pissed off the whole rest of the state. The entire uh, rest of the state would not go to, <laughs> to to Phoenix to see the games. Right. And I think in season number three, they switched over to the Arizona Cardinals, and it took them some time. But now people in Tucson get behind it. People in you know, Flagstaff get behind the Cardinals well, you also because have to realize, they're the Arizona like, Cardinals. If it's a big state, like obviously it's not going to be the Texas Cowboys and the Texas Texans. You know what I mean? Like if right. it's a big state, of course yeah. you're going to have different cities. But Charlotte was just like, we want to get as much fans behind us as possible. Fans, revenue. Yeah. Right. Right. The, what yeah. The, 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 the disgusting part, though, is with those stadiums, how they have taxpayers fund a lot of it. Oh, yeah. When these like these billionaires won't just pay for their own shit. Right. Like, you know, and they will, they will leave if the taxpayers don't agree right. to, like, yeah. pay for half of it. Right. It's like, are you kidding me? Do you yeah. know Atlanta's new stadium is opening up this new year, this next season? That thing is going to be crazy. Like, the lower VIP seats, I hear, have, like, massaging chairs and, wow, like, right. that's fucking nuts. I don't want to go yeah. to a sport. Like, I want to be miserable in my seat. That's, and that's <laughs> not yeah. for us, right? That's no, not no, for No, us. it's not. That's, you know. No, I mean, no, it's, it's for, for me the owners to to pull their balls out. I'm and say, VIP. I've got the biggest, right. You know, right. We have the biggest owns. video monitor. We've got massaging seats. We've got and it's for corporate sushi. clients that, yeah. c- that can afford to, to go and pay that. <laughs> I mean, <there's, laughs> people can't even afford to go really go to games anymore. Yeah. yeah. But that's a whole nother thing. So, but anyway, yeah, that's so people get offended sometimes when you when you go into that. Yeah, I don't know if they get really offended. They just like it's such a strange idea. I guess I'm a contrarian, and they really look at me like a killjoy. Like I'm just ruining the good time. But I'm like, oh, that's just where my brain goes when I think about sports. Like that's why I can't really enjoy them. And then I'm like, I just can't pull for a team. I like individual sports. I can pull for a human being, Mm -hmm. not eleven guys. Yeah. I said this the other day, like, I could pull for Peyton Manning when he was playing because he's great. But the other ten guys, I don't really know them. I know some of them are good. They're all right. good. They're in the NFL. They're yeah. all great. But yeah. then this, I'm always – I don't know how I care about 11. I know one. I'm yeah. a fan of his work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just overanalyze the shit out of life, and I can't get <laughs> – I don't know. It's just all I want to do is just go. Why is this? Why is well, that? Why well, is this? Well, good. That's that's the kind of interview I like to do. So this yeah. one, this yeah. is why we love having you. Like, what what do you think it is that you know you've been doing comedy a long time? What what do you think it is that offends people so much when all it is is you don't see it the way they do? Like that notion that like you talked about religion, like it's silly to you, right? And if I'm a religious guy, some people that are religious will. Get you know, like well, then why do he doesn't agree with me. Show? I hate that. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. There's people that get upset. I guess I'm desensitized or so far removed or so deep into comedy. I never understand how anyone gets offended by the spoken word. 
I don't think anyone could say anything on stage. There's things I disagree with that someone could say on stage. I'm like, this guy's or he's not funny. I know that, but I don't know if I would like lose sleep over anything anyone said into a microphone ever. I, so people, I, when they get upset, I don't have no it's idea. It's not like you're screaming at them that the religion is silly on the street. They're at a comedy show. Right. 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 I just don't understand that. It's a fascinating thing. I don't think I'll ever get to the bottom of it. I'll never figure it out because I'm 19 years into comedy now. I haven't figured it out. That's one thing that blew me away when I started comedy is that um, three months into comedy, like open micing, I did a show, and one of the old owner's lawyer friends was in there in the show, and I guess he thought I was vulgar, and they suspended me from like open mic nights or whatever wow. it was, the Wednesday nights, for two or three months. For being vulgar? For being vulgar. <laughs> And I didn't understand because I'd been a fan of comedy since I was a kid and through my teens and stuff. And all my favorite comics were a little dirty and they just said whatever and people laughed. I thought it was like Eddie Murphy, whoever. And then then I got in this comedy world and then I was like, I didn't understand that people would get offended or you could get in trouble for just right. saying Shit, fuck say? or uh, just like wow. sex jokes. It wasn't anything. I was like 22, 23 years old. Right. So it was probably about drinking or sex, something right. very simple. And I didn't understand. And you're like, oh, you can get banned from a comedy club. And that was like my first lesson. And then all these years later, I don't understand. You know, people will go, well, here's a comment card, or that table walked out, or they called and complained. I'm still baffled by it, who yeah. those people are. You never get to talk to them. And I guess if you did, I don't think they could explain it. Yeah. You know. Well, they couldn't explain why they were offended or why you would come to a comedy show if that offends you. Yeah, I don't think Both. either. They would just say, you know, I just... And they just hear things the wrong way sometimes. So yeah. Continue on. I'm going to check and see if this is my wife telling me <laughs> okay. we're having a baby. Oh, this could All be right. a big moment. All right, let's could see. Be oh, see, see I'm going to hear this. Oh, yeah. oh, God. Hey, babe. Can you hear me? Oh, I'll try this. Can you hear me? Yeah. We're, do we're on the podcast right now. I'm here with Sammy, Brian, Paul Hooper. We're all here. And anytime you call, I stop whatever I'm doing because... <laughs> It could be the well. moment. So is this the moment? Are you in labor? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. wah, wah, wah. It's okay. We still love you, Sandra. <laughs> but hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. <laughs> this is history. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So what? So so what? What? What was it? No, I'm just calling you back. Okay. Dang. Well, get us all excited for nothing. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, oh, oh, well, well. Thanks. I'll, uh, I'll give you a call when we finish up here. Okay. Love you much. Later. Bye, you guys. See ya. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, really? Put my hopes up. Yeah, that was really. disappointing. I thought that might be the one. This is my third time quitting now. I hope, <laughs> I hope you're fucking happy. Okay? Yeah, I thought we could make podcast history. Let's, uh, let's do this. Why don't we take a break? Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple things that uh, we want to talk about. I want to ask uh, you guys a question about heckling as mm. well. So. All right. Why can't I be asked? I heckle all the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. From the perspective of a heckler. All right. We'll do that. So we'll uh, take us to a break. All right. We'll be break back. Welcome back. Welcome back, man. Rest in peace, Don Rickles. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Stinks. And he was 90. Oh, he, he had a good it. run. They you can't it. deny. That's, yeah. I mean, you if you get to 90 yeah. and you don't spend the last 10 years hating every minute of it, right, right. minute of it, you did well. 
He was still working. Was he still working? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still doing shows right up till the end. That's I missed crazy. him one time in Vegas. I knew it then. Like 2006, I was doing a festival. And he was there. And the first night I got in to Vegas, I didn't have a show. It was like a travel day. And they gave us our laminates and stuff. And they're like, oh, you can get into shows if they're not sold out, you know, with his laminate stuff. And he was the first night. And I'm like, I'm just so tired. And I was like, I should go see Don Rickles tonight. Yeah. I'm like, but I don't know. That's a big celebrity show. I doubt I could get in. And I just was tired. Yeah. And sort of like, I don't know. I want to go over there and be awkward. But in my head, I was like, I might not ever get to see him if I don't do it. Yeah. That's right. Didn't. And I fucking regret not going. 11 so years bad. later. I know. <laughs> 11 years. I had another decade to try to see him. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Only did one show uh, in that. It wasn't yeah. his last show. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he did that two or three times over the years. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Ten years later, he died. I, uh, I saw him. And, and he did a show in Tucson, um, an organization that I was working for brought him in um, for their um, anniversary. So it was in a... Uh, um, convention center ballroom there was i don't know 500 people there and uh he was he'd been doing the same act like you know if you listen to his his old albums he's doing the same stuff that he was doing you know 30 years ago 40 years ago but he was he was great um there was a meet and greet beforehand and uh, i went in he was they had a stool he was sitting there and i kind of walked around the corner <laughs> And uh, he looked at me. He goes, "Holy Christ! Look at this freak!" <laughs> and it was just—it was just the greatest thing. Now, when I say that, life. you get all weird. You yeah, get well, bad. because you—you—you're you not Mr. Rickles. Okay. Mr. <laughs> when he did it, it was—it was, it was a just badge honor. Yeah, it right? really was. It really was. That's beautiful. It, it, it was—it uh, was cool. Yeah. Look at this freak. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, Mr. Rickles. I'm telling all my friends you said that. <laughs> I've but, seen clips like on YouTube years ago. I don't know why I looked up just Don Rickles, like just clips. I got pretty deep into Don Rickles clip. It's like him doing a bit part on a sitcom, but they between takes, he's like roasting yeah. the crew. Mm. So good. He's just talking it's shit the- to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. The other actors, the crew, yeah. the cameraman, the audience. He's like entertaining the studio crowd. That's awesome. Busting everyone's balls. It's so good. If you go deep into YouTube, there's some like yeah. clips. He's he's got to be on the Mount Rushmore of people you don't want to be targeted by. I like think, Joan Rivers is up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don but I Rickles, think kind of Patrice O'Neill is up there. Yeah. There's like a group of people yeah. where it's like I wouldn't want it. But <laughs> Rickles even said though when he did it, he did it with warmth. He did it with love in his heart. He never did it to. to ah, it's easy to say when you when you do it. Yeah, My grandma right. says that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah love. when you say it. Yeah. The the um it was easily the greatest late night talk show guest Rickles. ever. Yeah, I just watched I mean, that just... Sinatra clip from the Carson yes. show. Yeah. So good. Yeah, everybody was spreading it around yesterday. Yeah, he, it's great. Have you watched um like last night? I watched the the, the Reagan's um, second inauguration. His he did like six minutes at Reagan's second inauguration. Did you oh, post that somewhere? I did. Okay. The, the, the laughs per minute. In his six, and I know the audience is 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 you know what it is, and some of the jokes are inside. But his his laughs per minute is outrageous. I mean, because everything with him is just oh look at this guy, boom! Look at this guy, boom! You know, just just short. I mean, I bet he gets every fifteen seconds there's a laugh. You can see his influence on some comics today too, like some you know that quick kind of thing. Like if you go to a DL Hughley show, the last ten minutes is him just like sniping people. Yeah. You know, like boom, and look at this guy, boom, and that all over there. Look at this, oh, boom. You know, yeah. I always, I think of Jeff Ross and uh, Jimmy Pardo. 
when I think of like you know. If is Jeff Ross quick know, like that though? I don't know. Is is it's not like bam bam like Dale Hughes like bam yeah, and then yeah. bam and then bam. Yeah, in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I went to a Dale Hughley one show at t- one time, and he like sniped everybody at my table, and it was Including like five. Pe- well, that's the okay, thing. I'm I was like, last, and I knew I didn't have a haircut, so I'm like, this dude is about to incinerate me. <laughs> right. And then by some, <laughs> the good Lord, what he just he looked at me and just all right, and then moved on to another table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, whoo, yeah. dodgeable. Because yeah. it doesn't feel like love when you. Maybe it felt like that to you. Yeah. But yeah. You got a date, and somebody's talking about your face. <laughs> yeah, when you're the target, but it's yeah, Rickles, so good. Yeah, Amazing. I like old clips of Rickles and then Jonathan Winters. I was a good fan of Jonathan oh, Winters man. too, yeah. when he was out of his mind, yeah, in a beautiful way. Yeah. Just gibberish though, fucking weird. <laughs> I loved it. I didn't understand half of it. I'm like, this is so good. This man is out of his tits. So when you were when you were when you were younger, like I'm, I'm sure you were a fan of comedy growing up. Yeah. Was Rickles one of the people that you? I don't know when I saw Rickles. I loved it. I know I watched Carson a lot with like my grandma and family and stuff. So I watched anyone that was on Carson. I was a big fan of that show. I guess everyone on the planet or in the United States was anyway. And you watched it. It's the only thing to watch. So yeah, I got to see Newhart and uh, Rickles and all these people through that. But yeah, Jonathan Winters. There was some earlier memory of him. I don't know what I saw him on. I became a fan of him early on. But yeah, it was like the Carson show, and then got into dirtier stuff. As I grew up. When did you, I don't know if we've talked to you about when the, the moment or how old you were when you realized comedy is, I want to kind of follow this path. It's a corny story. That's it's, even better. Because uh, we'll make fun of you about it next week. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've told it a couple or times. to your face in <laughs> honor of. <laughs> Don Riggle. Yeah. It, but it is true. In fourth grade, I don't know, I was always an introverted kid, so there was no class clown thing to it, but I was, there was this other kid that, I don't know, he got my sense of humor, so I'd make, I could make him laugh. At the lunchroom, I'm coming back in the hallway, and it was like I could really make him laugh, and a couple other kids in the class. And then he was always like, uh, we should be comedians when we grow up. And so the last day of fourth grade on the chalkboard, this is his idea, so it's corny. He's like, so this is like, like a contract, like we'll be comedians or something someday or something. And he's like, sign it. I signed it. Signed it. And that's the first time I thought about it. And he became a firefighter or some shit. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> Left me hanging. <laughs> and now I'm in this brutal business honoring this bullshit contract. It's like, when some, it's, like, it's like when somebody says, go, and they don't run. But you, you, you yeah. actually run. All these years later. Fucking 35 years later. Still sweating it out. <laughs> 12-hour drives. Fucking hecklers. Killing oh, myself man. out here. I wish we could get him on the show. I wish we could find him, yeah. I wish we could find him. I can't oh, he's remember busy his doing name. calendars. You know, <laughs> yeah, with his sexy firefighter yeah. outfit. <laughs> you really chose the better path here, buddy. He's like, think, fuck yeah. that shit. I'm not being <laughs> yeah. a comedian. Are you kidding me? So that's honestly the first time. It planted the seed in my head and then just kept it going, yeah. Wow. Until I could actually try it. That's amazing that you I fought thought, in those terms. I, you know, I, really when I, I thought that was going the opposite way. I thought you were going to be like, and he died, so I just lived <laughs> on the dream for him. There's a part yeah. of there, there is a part of me that said he's not going to say he killed himself. Right, <laughs> right, something terrible. Yeah. yeah, no, I think he's still alive. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but when I was young, I'd I'd always like comedy too, and and thought about it, but I didn't know you could make a career out of that. I thought the only people were like Eddie Murphy and Jerry Seinfeld that 
Just wow. famous or nothing. Famous yeah. or destitute. Yeah, yeah that, that, I thought those were the only two. I, I didn't know anybody in the middle of that. I, that I didn't is still meet the line, traveling though. comedians. <laughs> well, it's time. getting that way. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I didn't know people like you or, or people I, you know, know today that are, you know, kind of doing their thing and making a living. Like, I just didn't know those people. So I didn't think you could do it. I, I didn't know. So now you're a lawyer by day, comedian yeah. by night. Nice and weekends, like cell phone minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. It's going that way, though. Yeah, it's, uh, the road is changing, so I don't know. I do feel like it is almost. How's it changing? Uh, the whole thing's, like, evolving now where it's different. Like, uh, I don't know. I think the art form changed and the society changed, and now, like, the business is, like, it's it's very strange. It's harder to be a road comic now. Even though there seems to be a comedy boom, it's harder. You think because of social media? Uh, and, uh, no. I don't know. It's tied in. It's too complicated for me to even figure out, but I just know the money's, like, when I could... There was a lot of feature work when I was ready to go out in 2000, 2001. And now for comics that are at that level, sometimes, unless they're like down here where there's a bunch of clubs, I mean, if you're just uh, feature level sitting in Austin, Texas or Seattle, I don't know how you can put together 20 or 30 weeks of work. I, I don't know if you can do it anymore. And even if you lived in your car, support yourself. I don't know. Without any other income. But you could sort of do that in 2001. You get all these one-nighters, you could piece it all together. It seems like that, that middle has disappeared in a lot of ways. So now it's you just getting do porn on the side, and you're good. Porn on the side, you yeah. could do it. Anything to supplement, honestly. Right. So it's it's gotten more extreme, and like the clubs have gotten cheaper on features and stuff. Like, oh, we don't give you a hotel. We've got the money on features. Oh. The money is worse than it was in 2001 for feature acts and less hotels. They used to pay him out-of-town MCs. When I first started, yeah. I had to go to the Atlanta Punchline. From Charlotte, and they put me in the same hotel as the celebrity. Oh wow! And I got paid four hundred and fifty bucks to host the week. They pay like fifty dollars a show. Well, so they do nine shows. Escaping open. Yeah. Four hundred fifty bucks Tuesday through Sunday, and free food, free drinks. Those gigs are fucking gone. Yeah. MCs were the first one. Now yeah. it all became local MCs, which is okay because you're like, oh, everybody's got a scene. Right. Give the comics okay. here a chance. Makes sense. But then it's dipped into the feature acts. I don't know how it creeps into headliners, but I feel yeah. like a lot of clubs would do it if they could. Yeah. And it's scary because you're like, oh, you already cut the feature acts out. You're losing local, you know, sometimes. You're not bringing in any out-of-town features ever. No one gets hotel. The only headliner crazy. gets the hotel and most of the money. And I feel yeah. like there's a lot of clubs out there. The good clubs aren't acting like that, but if there's a lot of clubs out there, if they could figure out a way to cut the headliner's money, they'd do it. You can't mess fun. with a celebrity's money because they're taking the lion's share. And they write their own ticket, but then anybody short of that, they're like, it's yeah, it's gotten scary in a way. It's harder to make a living as a comic that's not famous. It's a good thing you're headlining now, Will. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a better spot. <laughs> you <laughs> moved up at the right time. Yeah, I, almost, I almost feel like uh, one of those uh, disaster movies where I'm hanging off a cliff and I'm just right. able to kind of yeah. get my finger up. This is It can still be done. It's just like piecing it together. Yeah. And like the clubs, sticking with the good clubs. Like this one, like Charlotte, it's great. And then these other good rooms that are Wednesday through Saturdays or Thursday through Saturday. Even for some Friday Saturdays out there that are great, that have been around, that will be around in 10 years, that treat comics fairly and stuff. Now, are there any aspects of the business where you are just particularly bad at? Like whether it's the calling or following up or something. Like I'm, I'm really bad with reaching out and checking on things and looking up stuff. And, oh, this festival's here. And I like – I'm very bad at reaching out for things. I've had to get better at that. And I think some of it was survival, like I did. I was always like, what club? How do I get in that club? Yeah, what festival's coming up? So I sort of search. 
weekly, like, what should I do and plan my year from there? Mm. But, I mean, I'm bad at social media, I think. Ooh, there's another one. Yeah. Which probably hurts me. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And I'm just like, if my social media, I mean, once in a while, I'm funny. But, goddamn, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. lot of retweets. And uh, I just cannot get the energy to do it. I posted something the other day about being in Charlotte. It was, like, fun for me to put up. Like, I like putting up where I'm going to be, come to the show, and I'll try to make that sort of post somewhat funny. Maybe. Sometimes it's just like, I'm in Greensboro. <laughs> At the Idiot Box, 830 tonight, you know. Which is the show promo for tonight, so I'm sort of doing it. <laughs> By the then, way. Um, there you go, if you're in Greensboro. Hey, hey, hey. Well, what do you say besides that? And then I sometimes, like the other day, it was a funny post, but I just, here's my thing. God, I'm such a curmudgeon. Every time I start <laughs> to launch into something I'm passionate, I'm like, fuck, I'm such a downer. But uh, I don't, it fucking amazes me the energy comics have to get their opinions out. I don't think it's just comics. It's everyone on social media, right? But I'm perfectly happy if I do shows Thursday through Saturday. Everything I needed to say that week to get out for attention was said in those shows. I could just be quiet again till Wednesday. Yes. A lot of times I don't even do a second show. So you know what I mean? A lot of times I'm like, that first show's good enough. I don't want to do it. We do I'm this 10, 15. Yeah. I'm I out of what gas. I need to do. I'm, done. Yeah, I'm fine with that. They're going to yell anyway. Can we just go to the hotel? I don't even want to do two shows. I I got my fix. That was great. I just go home and eat Reese's Cups. I don't need all this shit. (laughs) I don't like... Is that what they're paying you in now? Reese's Cups? (laughs) It's going that way. Yeah. Which would be fine, honestly. (laughs) But I just think about it. Like, I can go silent for three days. And comics can't. Comics are just fucking tweeting at the airport. (laughs) Then they're up at 7 a.m. I'm like, God damn, you just landed at 1 a.m. Up at 7 tweeting about the Kardashians? Yeah. Where the fuck are they writing this yeah. shit? See, but then the... they engage the people who like <laughs> snap at like how, who's got the energy to engage anybody else in like a Twitter? Um, Jen Kirkman is the one who always pops up. She, she's always fighting with someone on Twitter. Always, Just, I don't know. The it, but don't Aries Spears to is too. Aries does that. He's it's, all over Twitter yeah. all the time. And then every event, I'm slowly removing myself from society, and that's where the Santa Fe. <laughs> right. comes in. That's the end all. But everything. That's really so. I, all we have all like comedian friends on Facebook. I mean, any event, terrorist attack, Kardashian does something, or it's just Easter. They got a joke about all of <laughs> that's it. That's a hot take. We got eleven Trump jokes, and then Kardashian, some Pepsi ad. I still hadn't looked up that story. Oh my and God. then, uh, which wasn't really. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. But, yeah, I, but once I saw it, I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Pepsi was trying to profit um, off of it, but yeah, they, I just avoid it. Well, that's see, smart. My pro- my problem is that a lot of these things that you're talking, I just don't care. Thank you about. Thank you. So people will go, "Hey, you should do something on that." I don't give a you fuck about that I mean. at all. That's why people think it's people think comedians. You be able to, any topic you throw out, you should be able to riff on and make something funny of it. I I stop feeling that pressure. It's like I don't have any Trump jokes. Like I said, the other I don't have Trump jokes. I got three minutes on why you shouldn't be allowed to eat blue cheese. <laughs> like that's what I care about. I don't think you should be allowed legally to eat blue cheese. It stinks. Right. It's terrible. But I really don't have any Trump jokes. I know there's amazing Trump jokes, and if you have one, it's great. But I just don't. I block it because I'm scared too much of it's been covered. And yeah. yeah. Any like pop culture story, I'm already scared that I'm like gonna say something. I'm like, we're all thinking. Everybody's trying to think of a joke about the same topic. You're gonna end up in the same place. You just have to. Yeah. Someone will get a couple. A couple people get some great ideas, but then. 
So and then I'm like, the story doesn't last. And you're gone. I guess it's a great writing exercise for comedians where they, like, all right, just write on anything that's in the sure. news. But I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I can't do it. It's draining to me. Yeah. And I don't need to talk that much. Like I like doing this podcast. I like doing my shows tonight. He's gonna be a mute after this podcast for the rest of the day. Yeah. Shut it down. <laughs> yeah, I can see when I'm down there in my casita of just not talking for the last ten years of my life. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> so bad enough. So, so, <laughs> so, like he hasn't talked in eight years. You don't know what's wrong with him. I'm like I yelled for but sixty years. He didn't do anything. But he's smiling all the time. So I, I can only I can only imagine what runs through your mind when you tell someone you're a comedian. They go, Oh, tell us something right now. Oh, oh yes, yeah, the worst. It's just rage. <laughs> it's just fucking rage. <laughs> And I don't know what to tell them. I know they'll hate my comedy if they're that person asking me that on a plane. So I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> yeah, if they're that person, then you won't do like Do you ever just lie? Are you like, oh, I'm in computer engineering? No, I've never lied. I get stuck in the awkward position of saying I'm a comic and then trying to get around the joke. And then they're like, where are you performing? And then I just get into how's comedy work and all that stuff. But um, I've never lied. So a comic told me a good thing that I never tried. He's like, if anyone asks what you do and you don't want to say comedy, just say UPS. Is what he said because he's like <laughs> everyone knows what that is and they don't care to hear about it. Yeah, that's, like they're not int- they know that they deliver packages. Yeah, they don't want to hear that you work at UPS. I think if you they're say just like okay, it just good. like bores them. I'm like that's a brilliant idea and I never used his trick, but that's what he did. I'm gonna try that one that. day. Oh, yeah, I work for UPS. Yeah, because we were like, oh, okay, it's a solid job and we know what it is and we don't yeah. want to hear more about it. I feel like you could do that either way, though. Be too complicated or too simplistic. Like, UPS, all right, I get it. Or, oh, I work on the ever-changing complex of computer games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, all right, cool. you got to be careful, yeah, with the comedy card. Like, throwing it out there. Because yeah. you'd be on a plane for two hours. That's yeah. getting nailed. Dude, I hate when people talk to me on a plane. Mm, I yeah, literally, I just need to learn sign language so I can be like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just do that. I could, but then when I ask for a, a rum and coke later, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> rum and coke and a pillow would be great. Please. Yes. <laughs> or you could. Is it offensive if you pretended you had a severe stutter? Where they're just like, "I'm not gonna wait." <laughs> See, that's when it falls flat. If you're yeah. just like, just uh, and they're like, "Fuck, okay." Then they think you're coming. It. That's not a stutter. That was you coming. Do my eyes roll back in my head when I do that? No, exactly. Okay. No, you're, you're, you're on the very kind of mild not. end. But I'm like, if you act like it was severe, like when people be like, you know what, on. that's cool. Yeah, or if you just acted crazy or just like had a pair of underpants on your head or whatever. No one's going to talk to you. Yeah, that one I've done. I've had, because I used to live in Philly. I, I When crazy people would walk up to me, I would like, you know, like <laughs> act act crazier yeah. or as crazy and they go oh what the fuck I need you to wa- watch more like crazy imitations cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what is going on over there if I, I walked up to you on the street and said, uh, 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 you'd be like what I'd be is like that? oh here's another guy who likes me <laughs> <laughs> another guy I'm gonna have to fight off at right. some point jeez I, I had a woman in like uh, Fort Worth Texas in a hotel like I got on the on the elevator oh. and she's just like te- all Texas just wanting to talk to any fucking human that walks in how big in was her hair it was big, and she was there for some event. She might have been half drunk, like wine drunk during the day. I don't know, but I got—I was not in the mood. And then she's just like, hey, how are you? I'm like, all right, how are you? But I had this deep voice, and she's like, where are you from? I'm like, New York. She's like, I can tell. I'm like, I just want to tell him, like, I'm from North Carolina. I would have hated you. From I was I angrier when I lived you. in North Carolina than I was. This, New York didn't teach me this. It's just like I don't want to just get on and bond yeah. on this elevator yeah. for three floors. 
I just came out back from a cigarette. I'm half awake. <laughs> I don't hate her as a human being, but I'm just like, Jesus Christ. But you're borderline too hating her now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. So it was one of those things. I can tell. It's like New Yorkers have this, I don't know, that part of New York I like. And New York didn't teach me that. Right. I wouldn't want to talk to that woman 20 years there. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's like, you know, you want to have genuine moments with people and then like warm up. But well, not people... just like you're a new human face in a box with me. Hello. Me <laughs> and, and then once you, once you tell people you're a comedian, they think that that is how you're. You know, oh, you just want to be funny and have fun all yeah. the time. So I can talk yeah. to you forever. <laughs> yeah, um, they got it wrong. I got yeah. on the elevator yesterday when I was doing my liquor stuff. Um, homeless guy on the elevator. Hey, can you guys help me out? I'm like, God, you trapped me. And I was like, No, I can't. Sammy doesn't like homeless it, people at no. all. She's she's I real weird about off. that. It's it's an but irrational. He's like, You can't help me and my baby. Girl. <laughs> she calls them animals. She's very. She's, really she's on the hard end of that. Just take them out back. Pion pion. See, Good she's, God. Yeah. This is pretty severe. It's, a, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, have, and I can't help I it. Have it's, no, it's no. one of those weird quirks. No. Some of them are mentally unstable. They're sick. Right. Or, so go fucking somewhere. Don't panhandle and don't shake your cup money to me. go anywhere. Uh, it's, it's uh, the, there are services. It's there the one thing with church. Sammy that's like it doesn't match the rest of her. Is her yeah, thing? Yeah, no, no, no. It matches all of me. It's just people are, think I'm nice, no. and then they're like, "Oh my god, have you heard her talk about homeless no, people?" Sammy's the sweetest <laughs> She's person. A monster. Sammy, Sammy is the sweetest person in the world. She just hates homeless people. Wait, tell wow. the poop on the door story. Oh, this guy came in and needed. I work at a bar. I bartend, um, but I bartend in Center City, which is right next to the bus station. So there are a lot of vagrants or panhandlers, animals. Yes. <laughs> um, and so they they wandered in from the pastor pasture and um my manager was like you gotta go because he said bathroom 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 my manager's like you gotta go buddy like we know you're homeless you can't use the bathroom unless you're paying customer and then he pulls up his shirt so i think he's whipping out his dick to pee on my manager and my manager shoves him out the door because come to find out he was going to empty his colostomy bag oh right in the bar there oh yeah so then instead he wipes it on the door on the outside so fuck that noise okay i mean it would have been funny (laughs) It was funny. I didn't have to clean yeah, it up. Yeah, I would have liked to see a colostomy bag sprayed in a public restaurant. I feel like because be because Sammy like works fire hose. I feel like because Sammy has worked in those environments and had to deal with a oh, lot I'm, of folks that I'm it's the mean. same thing that happens with cops and how they treat people after they've been doing the job so long and seen Wait so much. Just, yeah, they just jaded, become like yeah. jaded and I oh, fucking animals. Cold like, blood is not another human being. Right. It's just it becomes they become subhuman almost. Yeah. But you I know what? If the panhandlers are nice or like respectful, then I'm, I'd have a different. So go, I've been called me, the fucking devil. Any? OK, if I'm like, I don't have anything. And they're like, God bless you. I'm like, God bless you. Because normally I don't have cash. And sometimes I have four hundred dollars in my wallet. I'm just not giving it to you. <laughs> I worked. I had some guy come into the bar while I'm bartending to ask one of my customers seated at the bar for money. And I was like, get out of here. What are you doing? I think I understand the annoying aspect of it too. I think they're mental. A lot of them are mentally unstable, so they don't process the logic. Yeah, but there of are like so many services in Charlotte, literally less than a mile of where they're panhandling, that will help them if they get off the drugs. Yeah, maybe, but I'm, they're so deep. If they get if they get if they get off the drugs, have you ever tried getting off of drugs? No, because I've never done them. That shit is hard. Yeah, <laughs> like, especially with post traumatic stress disorder and a heroin problem. It's I can't even get off of fried shit. Yeah. Like a drugs, that's a chemical dependence. Yeah, but it's also self-inflicted, so I have no, 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 no empathy. I see what you mean with the uh, 
addiction stuff, but still, yeah, I see why. Yeah, no, you there are, are very some militant. There are some. Yeah, cases, this is it's weird. There are some cases, and I do agree yeah. that yes, it's hard, or whatever the case may be, that your circumstances like PTSD. Yes, I get it. That I'm totally on board with. But if you're, I know there's a young couple, and she's cute. And she gets really mousy, and she goes, excuse me, can you help me out? And she has a heroin product, and her boyfriend brags about how much money they make because he sends her out to get money. So, no. I just, yeah, I've seen it both couple. ways. Yeah, hmm. So, I killed him, but I don't know that. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> wow. That's, that, there was a uh, place, and you've been to Vancouver? Uh-uh. They've done for the drug problem there. They have an area where they just provide... Because people were ODing and yeah. they, oh my God. they were worried about all the hepatitis and AIDS and stuff being spread through dirty needles and stuff like that. So it was some kind of Canadian like experiment where they just, if you have a heroin, they will shoot you up with cleaning. Like nurses do it, and they can find this place called Hastings in Vancouver. It's a block. Just so you're not spreading the diseases. Yeah, and I guess ODs have gone down and like the wow. diseases and stuff like that. But if you drive through there, it's like nice, and then all of a sudden it's like zombies. And the only thing you have to be careful driving through is like the locals are like they will walk in traffic. Yeah. So you can actually don't drive too fast through there because they're so out of their mind. You look, it's a block or two. Evidently, the experiment's working. It's and they know, like, they're like, if you walk through there at night, that. is it safe? And they're like, yeah, it's their safe zone. They know not to mess with you because if the yeah. cops start descending and take this away, they have nowhere to go. And But, yeah, it's yeah. like this thing that I guess the stats, it's working out, but it's strange to see. That's nuts. Thinking it really makes Vancouver. me think of zombies then. It does look at that. It's very sad to go yeah. through because yeah. you're just like every five but feet. There's cool, someone though. who like, is strung out. I like it's creative approaches to problems. Yeah, yeah but are they, to... are, they, are they weaning them off of heroin then in the process? Like giving them less and less and less? Or, you know, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Or if they're just, just enabling. enabling. right? Just like here's yeah. a clean needle, yeah. you know, and you won't OD today yeah. or get hepatitis today. I, that part yeah. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, so I would think there would have to be some sort of end to. There has to be something. Yeah, where they're they, trying. Yeah, because otherwise they're just shooting people. Yeah, up. what's the end right. game? Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise they're just. I drive up there with my car. Because you can just go get high for free there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, like you just go there to get yeah. high. I'm gonna start yeah. buying all of these homeless people one way tickets to Vancouver. Here you go. I'm you're telling welcome. you, you're so severe with this. <laughs> something something happened. People. I don't know. Something happened. So one of them shit on you. Something, something happened. Yeah. That, this is not normal. Back. We talked about this. They, oh, you didn't. You. He did inadvertently <laughs> shit that on was, us. Uh, did he just That's like? Yeah. <laughs> shot up the place. Think, yeah. yeah. Case by case basis. I don't know. I, that couple you described, I can see where you yeah. can hate them. But then there's other people that just fucking case haven't gotten case. help. I just They're see the insane. same people over and over. Yeah. Because they know the epicenter brings tourists and people coming in town for conventions. So it's an easy, all right, I'm in town. Like, here you go. I just don't. Hmm. If I'm right. in other cities, I'm usually pretty nice. That's not true. I no, bet it is. In I'm York. telling you. I know it. Yeah, in New I York, d- you're different to a homeless person than you would be in Charlotte. Fuck no. No. Good no, because it's New you York. I hate these homeless people. Because <laughs> it's New York. Everybody's an <laughs> asshole there. They're not going to be like, here you go. It is a different vibe, and then the homeless is. I moved to New York, and then you sort of can you just go by, and then they don't get their feelings hurt. In other cities, they seem to take it harder mm-hmm. or be more yeah. persistent in like a Charlotte or something like that. But I always like case by New York. Also taught me though that like they're mentally unstable. I don't know. My heart goes out to some of them more because you sit on the train with them in New York, and you like look at them for thirty minutes, and you really start to feel bad. Right. It's not just someone you walk past. You're like this person really needs help, and I right. don't even know if they know how to get help or right. What they can do. Right. They're not in their right mind. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen What to do you do today. with that? Yeah, someone's yeah. going to physically take them somewhere. 
And, and I know they're just stuck on a train, so I felt bad. It wasn't just a homeless person that I was just walking by, like, no, I don't have any money. Now you're like looking at them yeah. the way they're behaving, even when they're not bothering people. Like, he's like, this person's really troubled. Right. Yeah. I'm more willing to give yeah. to someone that I see that's not asking for it. Does that make sense? Like, like if you're not like pushing. reaching out for shit every to every person or asking them, I'm more willing to give money, food, water. Yeah. I've been guilty of like where if a homeless person is aggressive, I block it. Yeah. And then if they're nice and like soft spoken, I've given money. Where I'm See, like, that's funny because you say or, I've been guilty of that. I'm like, know. it's not guilty. It's. But I'm like, I, mean, I always think if someone's mentally unstable and they're being aggressive, <laughs> they don't even know where yeah, what yeah, they're yeah. doing. They're well, like, I need money. I got to eat. And, then they, like, and you can just tell yelling, if they're actually like, crazy. Well, maybe I should give them money too. Yeah. Clearly, they are. Yeah, yeah. I bad. just kind of go with whatever mood I'm in. Sometimes I walk by and I don't yeah. have anything, right. and then other times yeah. I'm like, you know what? I feel like giving. Okay, here, and I just give some money that day. I it kind of flows depending on whatever mood I'm in, really. Right, yeah. I don't have any rhyme I get my or good reason. I know. I think the same way, too. Yeah, I don't, you know. When yeah. we were living uh, in Tucson, um, in Tucson, the population of Tucson doubles in the wintertime because it's 80 degrees there. Yeah. So, So there's every street corner has four homeless guys holding signs. And I was working one year um, uh, holiday um, relief at um, at Radio Shack, which I don't recommend to anybody. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, um, and there was this guy, this homeless guy, who looked like um, Tom Hanks <clears throat> at the end of his time on the island. Just cast away. Uh, yes, uh, j- just just hair everywhere. Had a long, dirty, stinky overcoat. And would come in about every two days and buy a little sixteen dollar radio, a little like like a sixteen dollar transistor radio and a couple batteries. Um, and he would get he would get mugged. He would get jumped, and they would no. take his radio. And this happened like every two days. He would come in. The guy every every time would pull out the biggest wad of cash I've ever seen in my life. Just a giant wad of cash out of his coat, and just you know peel off the you know sixteen dollars exactly or whatever. The, was it covered the, the in sparkles? Because he might be a stripper. <laughs> it, was, it was not covered, but just I mean, like seriously, a giant wad of cash out of his pocket. Yeah, more money than I've ever seen at one time in my entire life. And he was. Oh, it's because you're in homeless. TV. Homeless. Yeah. Wow. Dear God. Yeah. He so found out where he got this money, what he was doing. I don't know. No, or like, you know, this? if he kept the money somewhere so that the money didn't get taken when he would get jumped, because he would get jumped every couple of days. That's damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, it was so not to, not to. Yeah. Bring which the show you wouldn't down, think was like highly coveted. Yeah. Right. Right. Over a radio. Yeah. But I also do think that there was a mental, a mental illness issue. I think, I think the majority of of the homeless people who come through Tucson, in particular, are, are are I think there's a mental illness there. Well, that's the that's the other part of it is that you know if you're dealing with somebody that has dementia or schizophrenia or something, the only difference between homelessness and not homelessness is if they have a family that can take care of them. Because you know if you have somebody that has a right. mental disease and your family's got the means to take care of that, that's one thing. But if you have it and you can't hold down a job and you don't know which way is up, you're out in the streets. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. The difference mm-hmm. is whether right. you came from means or not. That's the right. only difference right. a lot of times yeah, exactly. between homelessness yeah. and non-homelessness. And the street's not going to make that disorder better. No, it's just going to go in deeper. You're just going to piss people off. Yeah. Or, or get hit by a car. You would or... think that this would soften my view. It doesn't. Oh, no. <laughs> Sammy, you are a lost cause, my dear. <laughs> no one is trying to soften. No. This I'm is really... a cube of ice. Okay? <laughs> this, this is lost to me right back this. This, this is like working on trying to get Trump to respect women. I, you, you can, that, there are things right. that are lost. I am grabbing so many homeless people by Or get me to genitals. be a vegan. I, this just not happening. It's not. Or Brian's nipples to calm down. There are some things that 
These are built into the shirt. They're, they're <laughs> he buys. He now buys shirts with hard nipples yeah. on them, so it's not even his nipples. <laughs> oh, this whole you? thing has been uh, a farce. Yeah, it's true. Could be. So I wanted. I wanted to ask you this because some things I have to ask before I forget them because I'm like that. Okay. I want to talk about your writing process because when you perform, I'm, I'm always sort of struck by the craftsmanship of it. Like oh, you can tell you. that the jokes are layered, they're nuanced, they're well thought out. Do you have like set times that you write or an idea strikes you and you grab a piece of paper or what? how's your process? I should be more disciplined, honestly. Um, no, I just think of the idea. I've got them in my phone, bullet points, what I think is funny, and then try to just sort of throughout the week as I drive or walk around and stuff, whatever my day, it's sort of daydream without being too artsy-fartsy about it. And then I try to think. Every morning I get up and try to think on the ideas, and then if I find a line, I just put it in. And then throughout the day, I just keep reminding myself, go back to it, sort of think, and then I just write through that way. And sometimes I'll sit down like on the road and think about it for an hour or so or sit out back like when I'm smoking cigarettes or like caffeinated and really do it. But driving helps. Uh, I don't go to coffee shops and write around other people. I have to be alone to write. I know that. So alone in a hotel room, in a car alone, stuff. I don't like talking about stuff with. I'll bounce it off someone maybe after I think it's already funny. Like make sure it's original. It's mm. like checking it. Even before it's funny, I'm like, is this original? I think I can make it funny. And so I check with a couple comics that I respect. And then yeah, that's continue important. writing. And then that's it. But I, I should sit down and write for two or three hours and be more disciplined. But I don't. And I'm just. So I just sort of think about it throughout the day. I come back to it. Like, I'm like, what are my new ideas this week? Which one's working? I need another tag. Or what's a brand new idea? After a while, I can feel like I need a brand new idea, not just tags to a joke I've been doing for four months. And I feel I put a little bit more pressure on myself. And I'm like, come up with something. Find a, just a brand new idea this week. How, it's in my to-do list. How much of it happens on stage when you're performing? It's like, this just came out of me, and that's a part of my thing now. Uh, sometimes, yeah, it helps with bits. <laughs> It changes bits, like bits that were working that are stopped working. Sometimes I just go on stage and just start tearing it apart and rewriting it on stage. It's right. worked for stuff like that. And then for taglines, I think it works. It's I haven't come up with like a new bit on stage in a long time, like just from zero. It's a fresh idea. I've come up with a new angle on a bit I already have or the next line or something like yeah. that. Or a way to tear that bit down and make it stronger. Like take all the lines. I start thinking of that, like that line – it doesn't need to be there and through one show like take it out or this I have a joke stuff I do about uh, like traveling and why people have all these kids and they can't go to the vacations or the places they want to go in the world because they have too many kids they don't have the money to go there and stuff like that was something like a bit I wrote and then it worked for a while and then it became felt robotic and now I just don't go into it I don't even try to hit the lines of it all the punchlines I used to have in it I just start talking about it in a natural way and it still works but half the original lines are missing. Mm. And from night to night, I don't think I'm telling it the same way. And it works because I think it's more natural that way. Hmm. Some bits I just grow out of and it just becomes me too mechanical. And so then I've either like sloppy it up, change it or drop it. But I like, yeah, throughout the day, like today, I'll drive to Greensboro. I'll just think about the new jokes that are working, three or four new jokes I want to do tonight. And then like one maybe brand new idea. To either try tonight or try tomorrow night. And just daydream it and keep going back to it and write it. And as you get something, you're like, that's funny. Write it in. And then organize it later. What's Greensboro, an hour and a half? Something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it depends on traffic, though. Yeah. It's yeah. taking me three hours to get down that's the road, true, course, yeah. so it just depends. 
Right. But you were riding a bicycle, so that's different. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. So let's uh, let's take one more break. I still want to ask um, you guys my heckling question. Cool. Uh, Sammy Joe's got to go. What? Whoa! Oh what? my god! I know, Halfway right through. Yeah. What? She has and, um, a lunch date with a homeless guy. Yep. Oh, that's true. Colostomy <laughs> bag. And all by around. lunch date, I mean I'm getting my <laughs> lunch and eating it in front of them. Now I'm going to pay someone to come into your work with a colostomy bag just you just to see. I don't want you to go Make to sure prison. Make sure they're not homeless though. <laughs> yeah, just a businessman. Right. It comes and then over I'd be the, okay with it. Can I use your restroom? And you say yeah. yes. Would you like, like a I don't PBR need it. With and that. just sprays the building. Right. <laughs> I will be wearing a raincoat to work. You would love to have seen that, though. That's a better story. Let him shoot the shit in the air. <laughs> right. That's incredible. A better no, story. I'm good. That's a fair point. You've been home. life. At that point, I was like, you know what? I need to stop bartending. This, is, this has gone too far. <laughs> Sometimes, Sammy, you got to say, we got to see where this goes. Right. Where's this going to go? Yeah, out Play the fucking way door. <laughs> That's where it went. I would have loved to have seen it. It might have been an HBO but he special did. in that. <laughs> My manager got uh, colostomy shit on his colostomy. shoes. so he <laughs> Phenomenal. So the owners bought him new shoes. <laughs> I mean, like, if he just you. sprayed it and it had been in everyone's hair, what a great story. <laughs> you're, like, you're not going to believe it. Yeah. There's shit everywhere. They he would have been killed that today. night. He would have been killed. Yeah. Somebody would have killed, killed. I've <laughs> had I've had awful experiences I've hung in there with for the story. Yeah, just play it out. I went to a funeral where a woman went off the hinges about everybody backstabbing her dead husband. And I'm like, babe, we I told my wife, we cannot leave this. <laughs> hang in. Yeah, hang, hang in there. In there. This, this is, is something. This is beautiful. You record that? Yeah. You get the camera up. You like, fall off and just like, watch this. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Again, we got Paul Hooper. He has agreed. To, he's here. He just third and final segment. He hung in the whole time. Yeah. yeah um, I did the research, too. This is, in fact, Paul's fourth. Fourth time. Fourth Thank time. you so much. My God. Because you were here by yourself. Yes. You were here with uh, you and John Heffern, and I, I believe, did something between That's right. shows one time. Uh, you Tell. and David Tell, Sammy, Joe, and I, and then now uh, this time. So fourth four. record breaking. He's two fourth ahead of everybody he is else. Two, he has lapped the field. Is what oh, he's I done. feel good. I if feel we get Saget in a couple weeks, it, he would be at two. That's only two for Saget. I think the next uh, is, uh, God damn it, I can't think of her name. Um, I'll think of it. Hmm. Who might, like, her next time Her next time on would be her. What would be her third? Third. Not Adele. Dominique? Yes, thank you. Dominique would be Adele the yes. singer. You've had Adele yes. in here? Yes. That's a she, big guess. the voice right of an there. angel. That is great. She sings, she do songs, just an interview. What you was You would think she would do this, but no, she came Adele, on that is Joe. big. Yeah. That is great. We don't, bra- we don't brag about it. We don't publicize no, we don't, it. No, we don't really <laughs> like to make it. Do you want a show here? She just <laughs> we asked. She said yes. So what So what were, you, what were you going to ask us about the hecklers? Hecklers. I'm curious. Whoa! Excuse me. I'm curious if heck- I'm curious. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> if heckling has changed over the years, it seems to me heckling it kind of used to be more "you suck," and now it's more people wanting to be part of the show. Yes, there's a lot of that. Uh, I don't know if it's changed. I hear both. I mean, I hear "you suck." I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard people that just think I suck, but then. Uh, and I don't even know if that's a thing. If the rest of the crowd's laughing, it's just like they have no originality. They're mm-hmm. mad. They want to yell something, so they go to the standard stuff. You suck, 
or we're waiting for someone funny to get up here or bring someone yeah. back on stage or whatever. Maybe they like the other comic better or whatever. And then the other ones, yeah, they want to help. There's always that thing, and I don't know how that got in a lot of people's heads that they helped the comedian by talking. But yeah. I heard someone say that two weeks ago in, like, Florida, some guy. He apologized profusely. He was wasted, of course. And he's just like, I was just trying to help. I didn't mean no harm. And he's like a help. nice enough dude. But he was an asshole for heckling, yeah. and he derailed it. We got through it. The show was fine, but he couldn't understand. And I couldn't explain it to him after the show. Because he's just like, I'm so sorry, but I don't mean anything by it. I'm just trying to help. I'm like, I, what? don't do that. But yeah. wh- what the fuck? Why? There's so many people think that. I don't know. Other than they've seen shows where it's happened, and they thought that was the funniest part. Or, or they think it's... Not easy to do, but it's something because you would never walk in with a neurosurgeon and say, you know what, let me let me help you out here. Yeah. Like this is one of the few professions where laymen will think that they can help. Yes, they think they can help. I think, yeah, a lot of them don't respect it. I think there's there's some of that in there is that they think it's accessible that way where, oh, yeah, I can just come and say a couple of things, too. Right. He's just up there saying a few things. Yeah, they think they could do it. And they wouldn't. I mean, people know it's tough when you talk about them, like, realistically, like, going on stage or starting an open mic. They're terrified of it. Mm-hmm. And they know they wouldn't do it or can't do it. But then, I don't know, a few drinks in, sit drinks. in the crowd, and they want some attention, too, and it, it comes out. It's usually alcohol-related. Yeah, because, you know, the alcohol creates this sort of expanded sense of your right. own ability. So you take on a person you would never say anything to yeah. if you were sober, you know. You, oh, come on over. You know, so there's some of that. There's all of that in there. Yeah, and I, so I don't know. I don't know where that comes from or why, but it's out there. It's everywhere. And the good rooms police it, and they're a little bit better mm-hmm. or kick people out right away, which sends a lesson. So if you do that over and over again, people just know not to go there and talk. It's usually like, I find it like, you know, the one-nighters, the bars that are just doing a comedy show every Saturday, they're not a full-time club. That's right. always going to be the hardest part because they're not as invested in the comedy show right. as people that come to a comedy club for a show. That's all that's done here, shows. Mm-hmm. At like an A room, but at a bar that they were at, you know, the Friday before just yelling and dancing. Then it's like, oh, there's comedy there. We like that place. They go in. They're right. halfway into it. They're like, we're going to get drunk. Right. Anyway, they just come in a little more drunk. You know, one of the weirdest heckles I had wasn't even a person saying anything. I mean, they had been talking, but the breaking point was when the woman uh, pulled out her cell phone and she shows her boyfriend a cell phone video while I'm on stage. So it's like, yeah, push him on the swing. Oh, you know, it was like one of those backyard Twitter cell phone videos. And she played it front row while I'm on the stage. She played it like, yeah, here's where he does the thing while I'm up. Just there's entertainment in front of her. Yeah. And she she still needs more. Needs more. That's more stimulus. It's I don't know what that is. Yeah. Cell phones haven't helped it. But I I haven't reason. I've tried to get now, like if I get into a heckler to figure out. What makes them tick? And you can never get the answers you want. I was in Myrtle Beach a few weeks ago. There's a couple up front that talked through the openers. It's just a married couple. They're like a middle-class couple. They look normal people. They're just drunk on vacation. And they're just chatting and laughing at the wrong times and shit. And then I tried to, listen to, I tried to be patient and get through ten minutes of it. Then I addressed it. And then they started getting defense. They thought I was playing with them. They were part of the show. And then once I said a few more things, they got pissed. I'm like, you know what you're doing, right? You understand. You're-. And they're like, no, we're not. And I'm like. You are. I could videotape this. How are you this fucking oblivious and defensive? How can you not understand what you're doing? You're not that self-aware. 
but they get in this emotional state and they're like, no, I wasn't doing it. It's just like a fucking kid saying yeah. they didn't do it. Right. And these are like 50-year-old people that probably have good jobs. They were from Raleigh. I learned all this information I didn't want to know. They might have been wealthy people. I'm like, how do you do this? You teach your kids and then you come and act like this, oblivious, and I'm the asshole somehow. Right. And you try to get through it, but there's no way you can dig the answers out. And they left thinking I'm the biggest dick in the world and I suck, but that they should just be able to talk. How does that make sense on the, like the lowest level of like how you can just talk and disrupt while someone else is talking? That doesn't work out in it, ever. Right. So if a performer's on stage, you talking while he, that person's talking doesn't work. But they seem oblivious about that. They're like, oh, why wouldn't it? Right. Well, you know what, right. though? That, that in, in some weird way, though, that may be <clears> – <throat> that may speak to, I don't know, the level of comedian or whatever else because, you know, sometimes a comic can make – it, it's so natural when we're up there sometimes that it feels like a conversation. Right. And it feels like we're in our living room talking. And if we were in my living room talking, you could talk too. So it's like you've created this environment where it's like, oh, yeah, we're talking. It's loose. It's comfortable. It's loose. Yeah. He's so loose. If you were right. more rigid or maybe had a tuxedo on or some shit, <laughs> maybe, they, you know, maybe they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't feel as that that was an open invitation. But because you've created this environment where it looks like you're so comfortable and the energy is one that is, you know, sort of conversive, yeah. they feel like, oh, yeah, we just say something back to him. He's right. talking to yeah. us. It is. And, and comedy clubs, even the best comedy clubs, they're still selling booze, and it is between somewhere between a nightclub and a theater. It's right in between. Because they have done a few theaters, and that's where pe- people just don't come into theaters wasted yeah i don't know if they think they could be arrested or it's just not done and right. they, that's when you can get in these theaters and you're like i've got to do a handful of shows at theaters where it's like pin drop silence during a setup a big laugh then it drops again to no there's not you don't hear beer bottles you don't hear anyone chatting in the third row they're just like listening and all the subtle stuff in your act works better mm-hmm. you thought it worked it just doesn't work at clubs all the subtle stuff because there's too many noises people yeah. are too distracted but in a theater like the way it should be like, that kind of stuff works better. It's just, I don't know. Anytime there's booze and it's still got a bar vibe, it's still going to be chatter. It's and, like, And that's the most annoying part of it is that the heckler, sometimes they don't understand that you paid for this experience. And you yourself are making your experience worse. It's almost like if I went to a restaurant and ordered a fancy steak and then walked in the back and squirted milk all over it. Right, yeah. And then said, bring me out my steak. It's like you're 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 poisoning your own product. Right, right. Like this is for you. Why are you pissing on it? This is for you. It, it does it's I don't know. But I you know, I I and this happened um at a show I did recently. I I don't know what happened to me, but I just called the guy fat and retarded. <laughs> yeah. I just it just it was like I don't know. I was like, what'll make him leave? What can I say that'll make him leave without having to go through levels? Just push him out right Just away. get him to go. Like, maybe if I call his wife fat and retarded, that'll do it faster. Offensive enough. Offensive just... enough. And I felt bad because I don't even talk in those terms. But it just came out of me. And they got up and they, they left, left and they complained that the guy called me fat and retarded. And the management was like, hey, it's a comedy club. What do you, you know, whatever. Well, we're going to tell our friends. Oh, yeah, but you're going to have to tell them I called you fat and retarded. <laughs> and, you know, who knows who agrees or doesn't. But, yeah. you know, it was weird. I, I was like, what's the quickest route to getting them away like i'm always cool with somebody getting up and leaving like if you don't like what you're hearing just respectfully you know you can get up at any point you can get up while i'm in the middle of it whatever just get up and leave but this whole i'm gonna say oh this isn't funny like that what what is that part no free to leave i don't know where that comes from 
I don't know. I feel like an alcohol problem and some deep-rooted insecurities yeah. surfaces. And yeah. it's just they want this attention. And they're going to derail the show with 200 people paying the price. But, you and, know, it's... And the problem is they're drunk, so they don't even know that they're being eviscerated. And they don't under, they don't take in the fact that 200 people are laughing at them in the mo- They don't take in any of that. No. There's no self-awareness to it. It's incredible. I, I don't know. I'll never get to the bottom of it. I don't think we will. Because you can't, they're not unreasonable people, so you can't talk to them after the show. They're not going to sober up the next no. day and talk to you and have yeah. a, a normal conversation. Call you back the next day. No. Hey, listen, I was, yeah, I'd been drinking. I've I had it before where people have <laughs> called the club the next day, which means they slept on it. Yeah. And were still pissed at me, which is incredible. I don't know. <laughs> Woke up angry. Yeah. They, like, they called Saturday morning after the Friday late show. Still mad. They walked out still mad. They just want to talk to management. Yeah. I just want to do that stuff up front, like, for the last few months where I go on stage and act like I'm offended by the rest of the comedians <laughs> on the show. That's oh, funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. He did that. I do that. I open on it a lot of times now because I do feel like it's where comedy's headed. I'm like, you guys get offended, but it's time for the comedian just to get offended. Yeah. Let's just ruin stand-up comedy. <laughs> Together. Or I'm offended by the other acts on this show. I love that. And I'm just being cunty for no reason. <laughs> Just a walking comment card on stage. <laughs> and I don't think that even helps. Someone else, I'm, Since I've been doing that, people have still gotten pissed at me. Right. Ten minutes later, they're offended by something. Ugh. I just do it to point it out. Because here's the thing, too, is that I was talking to someone the other day about this in the new like comedy world or in society, is that when I started comedy, it was just, uh, yeah, if there were a table of 75-year-olds up front, people were like, there's some old people up front. They're, they're not going to take to the dirty stuff. Chances are. So, shit. Now you got a story where about twenty one year olds getting offended. I don't yeah. worry about them getting offended, right. but it's a real thing now that didn't happen a long time ago. And you can see it in Brooklyn, New York. Wow. Hypersensitive twenty one year olds. They fucking think everything's wrong. It's everything they're so scared. I got mad at a show in Brooklyn because this communal stage is really funny and there was like two guys, two eighteen year olds, eighteen to twenty two. They're young guys, hipsters behind me in this packed comedy room in Brooklyn and they're like this guy on stage was doing something that they thought was they like this guy's racist. No one's even laughing. First of all, everyone's laughing. It's not racist. And what are you fucking nineteen? Yeah. And you're offended? I've never seen a nineteen year old offended. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck are you yeah. as a human being? It wasn't even close to racist. And they were so taken aback, like they were an eighty year old church lady. Wow. And I'm like, now what do you have? I mean, not all twenty two year olds are like that. Not all eighty year olds, but. Feels like somewhere thirties, forties, fifties. Those are the groups that don't care, sort of can put it in the, its proper place. But yeah, I see that now, which is scary. That a younger generation. It's like that article that came out about what Seinfeld and Chris Rock. They don't do colleges anymore. Right. Oh yeah. Something has changed uh, in that way. That it is scary. They're fucking. They all have a cause, and they're young, and they're hypersensitive. Which I understand. At twenty-one, someone could have. Pulled out a handgun in a nightclub where I was at, and I would have loved it. Right. <laughs> right. I loved, the more fucked up, the better at 21. I couldn't yeah. have been offended. Everything was new and exciting. I wanted yeah. the whole world to fall apart. I like shocking things. Yeah. I was trying to. Women were new. Drugs were new. Al- yeah. Comedy was new. Just fucking. Let's make a shitstorm. <laughs> There's no way I could be just going. I can't believe he said it. Yeah. I can't believe. What are you? I like 19. <laughs> <You're> fucking. <yeah. laughs> 
I don't know what that is, and it's yeah. scary. You just I love chaos. I love chaos. And I still <laughs> like it in a way. You know? I just picture I just picture Hoop in that scene from The Dark Knight hanging out in the back of the cop car like the Joker <laughs> watching the city burn. Like, I love this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's some part of me that still loves that. So that's a deep flaw in me. But, you know. So, the, so the, speaking of you at when you were younger, has your approach to hecklers changed over the years in comedy? The only thing I've done is when I was drunk and younger, I used to lash out fast. And sometimes I get it wrong. Someone just ordering a drink loud. And I'm like, fucking shut the fuck up. Like, losing my mind. And you're like, I should wait and see what this is before I lose my mind. And so now I give them a little bit of time to see what they do, see if they really are assholes. And then I go in. That's the only thing I do. I try to pull back. I try to listen for a minute until it really bugs me. Or I see other people around them, like, getting uncomfortable. Like, like, yeah, look at them. Then I'm like, all right, now it's time to pounce. But... Uh, yeah, I don't have any lines or anything like that. I just, case by case basis, whatever's going on, I address it there. And I try to make it funny, but, you know, unless I'm really pissed. But I just try to just watch it and sort of unfold. And then, yeah, if you give it some more time, they look like jackasses. Mm-hmm. Everyone hates them. And if you, you're quiet enough and let them just talk and just like, look, what? Is this? That's what I was going to ask. What is the point when you en- engage? Is it like, okay, I'll say something once they start to throw my train of thought off a little bit? Or do you, like, because some comedians will say, I just try to plow through the stuff and not deal with it. And then other comedians are like, no, I, you know, if I hear something, I, I get it because, you know, that's ruining the experience. And then there's some in between where some people let some things go, yeah. but there's other things they address. I mean, if it's loud enough, I've seen comics just go autopilot through it, which is weird. And it's not genuine, and everybody else's time is still ruined. Mm-hmm. They're try- they'll listen, and be- everybody else will be polite, but it's, it's ruining the show. Yeah. And they're losing laughs because of it. They're just trying to get through without any kind of drama. But, uh, yeah, I will stop. I mean, it gets to a point, if someone just talks a little bit, then it subsides, or the club gets them, then I never address it. But, you know, if it goes on for five or ten minutes, then I definitely address it. And I never think about, wh- I just, like, whatever's going on. Like, what, what the fuck is happening? Why, why is that loud? Why are you loud? <laughs> And it just starts there, which is what yeah. I want to know. What is happening? <laughs> Why are you talking so loud? I just want to know what's happening. <laughs> this is, gets existential fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what is, what, what is, what is this? this? You know you're doing this, right? You know you're aware of this. And then like, what? And then it's just, then you're like, God damn it. Here we go. Why? Frustrating. It's not like, why? And then they're like, you're funny. I'm like, nah, you know, you don't think I'm funny. You haven't listened to that. You're laughing at the wrong times. And then it becomes more belligerent. And I just dig a hole and they hit me. But usually other people are laughing too. Do you ever have people come up after shows and like register complaints? Like, I didn't like what you did about that. Rarely do they bring it up to your face, I think. But sometime, I had that a long time ago, yeah, I had that. I had a bit about an autism test and that fucking went wrong so many times. It wasn't about a kid with autism. It was about an autism test. But the way I said it, I mean, just autism. You had to say it three times in the bit. They didn't like it. People, I mean, people stand up. I had a woman in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, just stand up. It's like, and I open on this bit, so it's, you know, I got a long, a lot of time left. And she's like, tell you talk about, she stood up. Don't you talk about autism. My son has autism. I don't know if I handle it the right way. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. This isn't even about... And then I just explain it. And I lost the entire crowd that night. (laughs) But I was telling this the other day. It's like, and then after the show, she's like, I just, you know, I don't mean to cause a problem, but my son has autism. I don't think it's right. And I'm like, I'm going to do this bit for you right to your face. 
And then you tell me. And I did the bit, and she's like, oh, I didn't hear it that way. I'm like, you no, dumb course. fuck. Yeah. And then management had to get between us. I'm like, <laughs> You've ruined the whole show because you heard it the wrong way. I'm now sorry. She's drunk, of course. I'm sorry. Just wasted. Now you're ruining after the show. After the show, too. <laughs> no, you've ruined the show. It's absurd. You're ruining after the show. Yeah. Stop it. And so this, these times, yeah, I can't, I can't take it. So I just try to come from an honest place. Of, but there's buzzwords. Autism, I had that bit there for a while, then it changed. Um, retard, like, 10 years ago, I had it, you know, would kill a bit, would kill for a couple of years. Then that all changed in society. And then autism just became a buzzword. And there's so many more words for people are, you know, just hypersensitive won't hear right, what right. you're saying. Do you have any bits that you look back on and go, yeah, that was probably uh I guess at the time, there's the bits that I, yeah, I hate, like I started on, uh, that I'm like, ugh, that's terrible. And the probably, it definitely doesn't stand the test of time. And then the way people feel now would go, Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> the most evil human being we've ever. What is that? I'm like, in 2001, man, it's killing. <laughs> I swear it didn't feel like it came from a bad place. But yeah, I'm not proud of it now. Yeah, you're right. This wasn't <laughs> a thing 15 years ago. Yeah, was this thing. wasn't. It sounds terrible if you play the tape back. Oh, but. like if you go back and listen to like Raw and Delirious and some of that yeah. stuff, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. my God. Like a, or Dice Clay. And all the, I mean, yeah. Sam Kennison stuff. <laughs> yeah. I know. So it's, you know. It changes. It evolves. So, yeah, there's things I'm just, I cringe. Yeah. What I said, but <clears throat> I never meant any harm. And I don't think it's anything I said anything that crazy. Right. So what's the so ultimately in in terms of your career what is is there an end game or an end goal or something where it's like I want to get to the point where this happens? I mean I'm hard headed to a fault. I should probably think of doing more things, but I really just would like to just build a following and then just continue to stand up. I would do that for the rest of my time on the planet. I would just like to go and just I would sell tickets to people to come out specific like specifically to see me to see in every city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to what level? I don't know if it's 150 people anywhere you go or 2,000 people, somewhere in between there. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy with 200 people in every town, you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be arenas. I don't dream of that. But, you know, a following and where you could go to Sacramento, Atlanta, you know, Lansing, Michigan, and there's 200 people there for you. And as long as you keep writing a new hour and keep them entertained, they'll stay with you and bring some friends two years from now. Then you go to Vegas and you go to Phoenix and these people. Are, that's what I would love and just tour on that and keep writing and doing it. I know it's like a purist way to look at it. It's ridiculous sort of. To, it can be done. People are doing it, but I probably need to do more. Like, you know, the social media. I'm terrible at social media. I don't know how to get from point A to point B. I really don't know how to you do it. You ever think about hiring somebody to do some of that stuff or freelance some of that stuff? I've never really considered like – I never got close to hiring anyone to do it. I put – Maybe I should, but yeah. I don't. No, I don't want someone to do my social media for me. I don't. Even if mine's boring, it's me, and I want it all to be me and genuine. I feel like that's the only chance I have now. I've backed myself into a corner where it's got to work this way because I haven't given myself any outs with. Oh, I could just go do corporate work, or I could do cruise ships. My act doesn't work, and I'm not going to write another 45 minutes to be clean to make big money. So it's the, it's the all or nothing thing. Mm. be 42 in june so it's terrifying but i like it that way i'm like just write better bits it's got to work yeah. this has got to work i don't know how to act i've never taken one acting class all those years have passed me by so yeah. really it is all or nothing yeah. so yeah are there 
other opportunities or or have you had opportunities to go and write on a show or something in I'm in New York? We had uh, Josh Gondelman on the podcast. Oh, Gondelman's great. I love ago. him. He's such a sweet guy. And but like he had said, you know, he was just kind of around and then um, he got the job um, managing the social media for uh, this week tonight. And then and then it just you know kind of grew into a um, a writing gig for him. Are there opportunities or have you had opportunities or is that even a direction that you would be interested in with more shows producing in New York now? Yeah, I thought when I moved to New York, I was part of it. I was like, I'm going to write some stuff on the side, try to submit things, packets or whatever. And then I just got consumed with like the stand- getting to know, acclimated with like the stand-up scene in New York. And then I was still doing road stuff, so I was just exhausted. So I didn't know when I could have time to write my own stuff and then write this other stuff and submit it. That's mm-hmm. where there, a lot of comics are smart. And that opportunity is there. I haven't gotten around to doing it. I don't know if I'm interested in doing it. I should tr- probably try it, but I haven't. And... So that's where sort of parts where I think career-wise if I held myself back. I'm like, sure. these comics that are doing all the shows that I'm doing and still writing their own stand-up material and doing the road a bit are still finding time to write packets and submit them. Mm-hmm. And those guys with that work ethic. And I'm like, am I lazy? Or is it just something I'm not interested in? But, I, you know, I don't know. I, it's not my dream to write for a show like that. I'm still in this very self-absorbed, delusional way that I'm like, I just want to do stand-up. <laughs> yeah. I want people. And it's probably the wrong way to do it. I should spread it around a bit. Take an acting class. Try to go in commercial auditions. Because those comics are doing that in New York. They sure. get a commercial. It funds their life in New York for a year. Yeah. They get a writing job on a show. That's a lot of money. They can still do all their spots in the city. It's a good credit if they're on a show, like a really well-respected show like that. Um, and you're deeper into the business and you make better connections. Uh, they're probably smarter than me for doing that kind of stuff. And... Uh, I probably should and try, but I haven't so far. And uh, so I don't know where to leave. This probably, God, it sounds depressing. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, honestly, I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, in some ways there, there's something to be said for doing it mm-hmm. how you want to mm-hmm. do it. I, I I don't know. I understand there's things that you, quote, unquote, got to do, but it's like, man, you got to enjoy this thing too right like yeah. you can't spend years doing some shit you don't like because you think it'll in the long run be better for right yeah and it's just i don't want to yeah i want to do it the way i want to do it and i've accepted now that i'm like whether this um you know i made a living doing comedy for a lot of years but i'm not getting rich doing it and so if either something big happens with it or nothing then i've sort of accepted this is the way it has to be i'd be proud of the work that i've done if i can release a few cds if it never makes it to some kind of big special that I have CDs out there that people could listen to and go like, he did write or that is funny. He did have like a body of work, mm-hmm. even though, you know, millions of people mm-hmm. weren't paying to see it or something, that I have to be okay with that someday and think about it. Or I didn't get rich doing it. Or it might be a fucking struggle to the very end. And I've sort of accepted that. Like, do the work, try to make it better, and push yourself, uh, you know, further and into the business and to be successful. But, you know, there's certain things I'm not willing to do. I'm hard-headed about it. I could have made a lot of money, a lot more money doing other things, cleaner, being cleaner earlier on, or trying to, you know, audition or submitting. Pretty w- Probably would have got something along the way. But no, I sort of have this hard-headed approach. It just comes naturally. I'm just like, this is the way, tunnel vision. I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do stand-up. But now that it's all changed, I don't know if it's realistic. It can still happen, but 
no, I don't know. So I'm still sort of lost in it, but I feel like it's the only way, and I've accepted, like, that's it. That's, this is the way I want to do it. It's interesting because <clears throat> I remember I we, we had it. I did an interview with uh, Dove Davidoff, and he was kind of talking about how he's like, look, I don't like social media. I'm not doing it. And he was like, right. I don't give a shit. And he said, the chips just fall where they may, but I'm not doing it. That's good. I respect that. He's also at a place, too, where he maybe doesn't have to do it. Yeah. Too. Or he already has a name and enough credits, too, where maybe that's a part of it. Yeah. I think once you get a certain level of celebrity, you don't have to do social media as much, you know, a few tweets here and there. You definitely don't have to be on Facebook. But the level we're at, you feel like people are like, you got to do it. You got to fight for your life out there and get all the attention you can. I just feel like I need a. The other day I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I feel like I'm like Biggie Smalls looking for my P. Diddy. Just somebody to go, yo, you got to see him. He's coming to the the chuckle hut. Uh, Like, be over the top. Or like a wrestler with one of those promoters, like Brother Love. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody to just hype me and plug my stuff and be really excited for me. Yeah. And then I'll just go do the shows. But I, you know, I don't don't know what it is. Anybody like that. that I wonder if it's changed too. I've seen a little bit too where it's changed and my friends that have, I don't have an agent or a manager. I'm not signed anyone, but I have friends that are and they've just like, I feel like it changed. Like maybe those people, maybe they were never interested in building someone, but they're definitely not. No one's interested in nurture, like developing talent or anything. They might say they are, but they, you need to show up like successful already and then they'll take a cut of it. Right. That's what every comic ahead of me is saying. Like, yeah, you show up with a, you know, I've had friends sign things and they were like, well, what have you done with an agent? And he's like, oh, I got this credit, this credit. And they're like, we want people with a following. They want to just show up with like dollar signs on them. And like, yeah, we'll take 10% of that. Mm. But they're not going to go, oh, we saw you at this show. We didn't know anything about you. We just hilarious. Let's do something. Right. I don't know if that's happening. I don't hear I those don't stories it anymore. Has it always been that way? Or is that a new thing no. where now you have to show up with all that stuff? I think there's an expectation of... I mean, you know, you look at the, these, um, you know, YouTube stars and Vine stars who have, you know, a, a, a Hannah Hart comes to mind right away. Uh, you know, people who 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 have who get you know a million views per video, and then all of a sudden they're selling out shows and and immense stuff. And so then they come to you, like you said, with a following, and they're able to sell out clubs immediately. And then they don't net, you know. But you're right; you don't hear those stories anymore about how you know so and so was was you know discovered at you know at a three o'clock in the morning show at caroline's or something like that no. you don't, yeah, I don't hear, hear that anymore the term like talent scout i mean that's so long it sounds like yeah. such an outdated term yeah. i don't feel like there's any like people just sitting there watching talent there's yeah. conversations like so and so came up after the show and it's never like any big thing of, and then that yeah. was the moment i have never heard that it's never happened right. for anyone i know Mm-hmm. Of that, I'm sure you know it's all. You meet someone, they put you on something else, then yeah, yeah, things start to build in pieces. But <laughs> even yeah, late- I've never seen any magical moments. The well, late night shows aren't really even looking for comics anymore. I mean, not in the same way that you know they were when Carson and Letterman were running. You know, late night. You know, I don't know that that their talent scouts are going from club to club looking for the next. I think it's all submissions coming into them. Yeah, and then they weed through that. But they don't have to go out. I mean, some of them will probably go to festivals. I know some of those bookers for those late night shows. A couple of them are at festivals and stuff, and you can, you know, meet them or connect with them there. But you're still going to have to send tape after tape after tape, mm-hmm. and get notes, and then maybe you get on. But you're in a pile of names yeah. and people with agents and managers that are pushing them hard to get their client on. So yeah, it's a real feeding frenzy. Um, 
But yeah, there's moments of like industry sitting in the crowd in New York City. I don't feel like that's happening. There's someone from industry there, but I don't feel like they're just so coming up like, holy <laughs> shit. Well, then does that erode some of the point of having to get to New York or having to? I mean, um, I still think I was at a. I went to some uh, industry panel like in uh, at Bridgetown Comedy Festival, which was great, and some of the industry panel, and they were talking sort of about some of the stuff on the industry panel, and like um, one of the guys, Denver Comics, the Gralix, the other mm-hmm. show, um, yeah, I think it was Overdahl or someone else was saying that you know they got this reputation like they got a show on the air and they're known as Denver Comics, and they were told like hey we we were known as the comics that did it from Denver. He's like, but we had to fly to L.A. Right. to get this show made. And he's yeah. basically just saying the infrastructure of show business, the entertainment industry, is only in New York and L.A. Yeah. That's where it's, everything's made, so you need to go there. And another guy from uh, uh, New Wave was there. Or no, Comedy Dyn- Dynamics, he was there too, and he's like, you still need to go to New York and L.A. Yeah. He's still like, for the foreseeable future, New York and L.A. Yeah. You could get something made, I think, like um, those who can't. If you have you know deep enough pockets, you've got the resources – the locations, the actors available, you know, to you, all that stuff. You know, you right. could make something like that here in Charlotte, but, but yes, I mean, it, they all those guys, Adam, Kate, and Holland, and all those guys moved to L.A. to make that that show happen. Yeah, and it was it's just one. I wish there was a third city, or I wish we could all do yeah. it from like a band that lives way off. I could live in Santa <laughs> yeah. Fe and then yeah. fly, and then you know, yeah, because that that that's the part that. I don't I don't know what word you use annoying or whatever else but that's part of what I loved about comedy was that there were no rules. I came from this environment of <clears throat> being an attorney corporate environment where there were so many things you did and you didn't do. You did and you didn't do. It's that way for me now. My day job is you do, you don't do. You do, you don't do. And then you get to comedy and it's like okay, you got to go to New York. You got to do that. And it's like I came because there wasn't that <laughs> shit. That rules. Yeah. Yeah. That rule you have to if you want to, you have yeah. to do this. It's like it's like being in a term, you got to go to Sullivan Cromwell if you ever want to work at blah, blah, blah. And it's like you get to come. you got to go to New York if you ever want to be blah, blah, blah. It's like some of the same shit. Yeah, it's some of the same shit. Some of that's still there, too. And you can see some of it, too, of uh, yeah, you can move to New York or L.A., and then you can see sort of the step-by-step of sometimes people like get Montreal Festival, and then that leads to their first credit on this. And then now they're going to be considered for this. And it, you sort of see the step of, like, when people are willing to pay attention to you. Once you have that done, now you can be considered for this. It feels that way. And, you know, whether it is, they'll break all the rules if they really like you, I guess. But I see a lot of that now that I live in one of those towns where that stuff is the talk all the time of people getting things. And how do you get things? You see it. You need to do that and then submit for that. Well, you should probably do that first before they even look at you for that. And you're like, wow, fuck. (laughs) I mean, people have gone around that. People have done it. Yeah. You can still surprise them. But, yeah. Was that what was that realization? What or or was it a realization? Did you already know it when you went to New York that that's how it functioned? That no, I didn't know. No, I was naive. I thought that you know my road work wouldn't hurt me in the city, and it has. I think it pulls me away from the city. And you would think, well, they know I'm working on the road as a comic. That shouldn't hurt me. When I come back, I'll be able to get my spots. But they're always when you move to New York, they're like, why are you leaving so much? And I'm like, well, I'm doing comedy because they're I'm like, working. They just yeah. don't. You're like, well, you're not physically here, so it's almost like it's held against you. You're this person that's a part time New York comic. And the people that are really entrenched get further along. Because they're there every night. They're there for the showcases. They're there at the clubs. They're putting in the time, which makes sense. But you're like, shit, how do I do this now financially? Right. My income is from the road. How do I just cut my entire living, which is making a living as a comic, and just sit here? I don't, I don't know. Do I just tear it all down and rebuild? I'm doing it like a halfway 
I'm sort of doing that, pulling off the road. I don't know where the money's coming from. A little bit. Two weekends a month to, be, to spend more time in New York, to get on more things, and to push harder in that town and to stay in everyone's face. But, uh, you no, know, I don't know how it works. Well, well, and plus, for, plus for you, I feel like <clears throat> you're probably at an age and a stage of life, and you talk about your relationship on stage and stuff, where living a certain way isn't really an option. Like, you're not going to be the guy that sleeps in his car no. and doesn't have a place. And, you know, it's like it's just maybe in my 20s, maybe, but right. not now. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. going to do it that way. So it's like you have to figure out some alternate way to do all the same things that the people that will sleep in their car right. do. Yeah, it is one of the things. Because, yeah, you can be a 22-year-old and live with no yeah. money for eight years yeah. and just yeah. grind it out at Mike's in New York City. Yeah. Then you get a couple credits. Then you learn a headline at the last minute. And then you can build. And if you submit writing packets, those people like get somewhere but i that's not my story that's not how i started i did the road for 10 or 15 years and then moved to new york late so i got to figure out my own way to do it and spend a lot of time in new york because yeah they just like be here i'm like well i'm not from a rich family so i don't <laughs> yeah that's, that's what do you mean just stay in the most expensive city in the country just be here for free shows and they're like well i mean they just like well yeah it's what you got to do so you got to find a way to do it for bigger things. So it's basically like, all right, you're on the road. Yes, you make a living. But if you want big things, you need to be here. So get off the road. Basically power that down. Stay here whatever way you can to get a couple credits. It'll drive your road price up. And now you go out and make a better living or build a following. Because now you're on TV more. Because yeah. you spent your time in New York City. But wow. you're not going to get on TV spending four days in Des Moines, Iowa mm. or Houston, Texas. They're like, you're just going to drift around making a paycheck that's not getting you rich. Mm. It's sort of the cruel reality of it, and so I really, I realized that late. I don't know if I was naive moving in, but I had to figure that out. Well, fucking, it was a lot to take. Since so, so, if comedy were a pie chart, what percentage of that pie would be just being funny and talented? What percentage? What does it count for? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I, what I like to think, or the reality of it. <laughs> what you like? To I think don't even think it's ninety nine percent of it, but I think it's uh, fuck. It's forty. <sighs> slow yeah i mean there's some amazing comics that are doing great things that are quite successful of course you know brilliant geniuses but then there's some shit out there that you're like oh my it god it sucks that it functions that way because if i were talking to a basketball player and i said what percentage of it is being good at basketball it sounds like 99 <laughs> like 99 <laughs> like if you're better than everyone or you know if you're I yeah, am like, tall like, and right I'm, I'm skilled so that's it they'll right. find me yeah. but I've comedy's not like years, that try to compare it to like professional sport and you just can't do it this whole comedy subjective thing because you want to do it and it doesn't make sense anytime you think about it with like football or basketball like that and you're like yeah if you're coming out of college as a football player and you're like i don't get injured and these are the numbers i post and i go to the combine and do this i will go to the nfl right if I don't get killed in a car wreck, blow my knee out, get a drug problem or whatever, or in some scandal, and I run the 40 in this. That's it. And I'm better than these other guys, X amount of guys, that are the best of the best. I will be drafted, and I will have money next year. Comedy's not like that. It's like you'd be the funniest, and they can still just go, nah. I don't know if the funniest. I don't know who you could say. You can't say anyone's like the funniest, yeah. even though people do. But or you the can definitely funniest? say who's in the like – Top tier, you right. know, and there are times where I look at comics that are getting stuff and other comics that aren't, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't hold against the one that is, but why is this other person? Now, I'm not even talking about me, just completely right. been shunned, and they don't have right. a drug problem. They're not a nightmare human being. I mean, sometimes people take themselves out of it with drinking and stuff like that, where they're a liability, but other times it's just there's no real reason. I'm like, that's a hilarious person that's just forgotten about. 
and I don't know why. They just basically said no. It's like two guys going to the four into the combine and run the forty at the same time, and they're like, "I'll take one." I don't know why. Yeah. The other one, I don't know. There is it's, something it's some, frightening about that. that. It feels that way. And maybe I got if someone from the industry was here, maybe they could explain it better. But it looks that way where you're just like, I don't know. And I know you can't take everyone. Maybe they just saw the other funny one first and just didn't see him at the same time. It's not right. Fair. Maybe it, it was just out. I was feeling this way on this day and this dude or chick was in front of me that day and that's yeah. it. There's plenty of hilarious people then left behind that didn't. I don't. People are always like, well, there's always a story. They like fuck themselves. They did something. Yeah, there's plenty of those stories. He had a heroin problem. Right. He disappeared for five years. Of course, they're not going to sign that person. But then there's other ones that are still around that are fucking hilarious. And it's like nothing's happening. Maybe they're not sending as many emails. I don't know. Well, it almost feels like then you have to protect yourself in some ways, like redefine success. Like you have to say success to me is doing this. And being able to eat. Right. And, uh, you know, but success, you can't make it a TV show and you can't make it mm-hmm. certain things because there's some things you just don't have control over. Right. So if you define success that way, you're going to kill yourself because some of this shit sounds like happenstance. Yeah, it really is. And there's a lot of FaceTime to this business, too, that people don't tell you to. When you move to New York or L.A., you need to be. That's why you need to be there. Sometimes it's not even doing sets. It's hanging out, showing your face at the right places which is a weird social thing that i don't get but i like going to places where my friends are there's a good show or i have a spot but there's some of that which if you compare it to sports it's an odd thing to get your head around if someone went all right you're a football player games at seven and you're like we'll get here at four and just hang out and then stay three hours after the game because so-and-so might show up you're yeah like, what the fuck is this <laughs> we're just hanging out in the parking lot yeah the game's over there's a lot of that of just being there not even on stage, being around the right people. I figure the same thing's happening in L.A. It's just a very real around. thing. Yeah, and them seeing your face just there and the introductions and that social aspect of the business, which is nauseating. Because I, wanted, I always want to go out and like, oh, I want to go to the show. I want to see my buddy. And if there's a group of comics, I'll hang on the sidewalk for two hours catching up. I love that and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it's a very forced thing, I'm bad at that. I'm bad at like, well, this is a fucking networking opportunity <laughs> on a sidewalk in New York. I'm going to go stand yeah. in that cold wind. <laughs> yeah. I'm bad at it. That's it's why you don't quiet. work in an office. You're smart enough to. Yeah. Uh, but that's why you don't, right? Because you don't like that kind of shit. I don't like that kind of thing. It's weird that that happens in the comedy world, but it's very real. It does happen. And, you know, <laughs> I like going to shows, but I'm like, all right, if I'm not doing a spot, I'll go see a good show. I like still watching a great comedy show, but the lingering and like well, this is six hours show is like an hour and 15 yeah i was out for six hours just standing in the wind have you ever hoping. been have you ever had it where someone walked in and you're like i gotta figure out something to say to that person because they're this- i don't know i mean i'll say hello i just try to keep it genuine if i don't have anything you know i don't try to fake a conversation because i know they'll <laughs> be able to sniff it out how'd you link with a tell how did that happen i worked with him years ago at the old club in uh the on college street here in charlotte I just got booked on his week. And then from there, I saw him next time he came through town. And then, like, another time I worked with him. And then I got on some Atlanta weekends with him. And then when I moved to New York, I'd see him a little bit at the cellar and say hello and stuff. And then he took me to Long Island one time. So it's uh, just over the years, just every couple of years I work with him. Mm-hmm. I just sort of had I got booked on the shows. Then, you know, and then we just uh, talked a little more. So, But I still, you know, once or twice, you know. Here, maybe five, six times. 
over the course of 12 years, you know? Yeah. But that's how. And so, it's yeah, that is, it's just a blast to do shows with him. Crowd's amazing. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah, yeah it's so good. You can do whatever you want. But, yeah, every couple of years, I feel like we do a weekend together. But Now, I've been watching this show. We've been talking about it crashing with Pete Holmes. Yeah, I was Have you say looked it. at that yeah. at all? I or? haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. really good. And, and he, it, and like, it goes into him, like, uh, having to hand out. What yeah. is it? Flyers to yeah, get people, uh, a certain number of people barking to get people. Yeah. In. yeah. Did you have to do all that kind of stuff too? Or I haven't done the barking thing. No, I haven't. But I got friends that do it. Yeah. yeah. And we We're just started a new show in New York, and we're trying to figure out how to get people in. So people have mentioned barking. Well, maybe. I'm like, I'm yeah. Where it. you stand on the corner, um, you've got flyers, and they've got your name on it, right? And you're handing out, you're literally handing out flyers early in the evening to people. Right. And if you in the show, if you, if uh, five people show up with the flyer with your name on it, they'll give you five minutes at the end of the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a real thing. In it's scary. I'd pay good money to see you do that. God, <laughs> not, even, not even perform. I would yeah, pay what I, I would pay to see you perform <laughs> to, to watch bark you. people in. <laughs> the most uncomfortable I could be in my life. I hate it. I'm not barking. It's fuck. And the worst thing too, bringer shows are a big thing in New York too. You know, bring ten people to get stage time. Never do that. Never do it. <laughs> fuck that. So you saying don't do it or you don't do it? Barking is better than bring, a bringer show. Don't do it. Why don't is do bringer, bringer show? Shows. It's always from a corrupt angle. It's just a club scam. They don't yeah. care about you. Yeah. I'll give you five minutes. The show's probably going to be terrible anyway. And then, you know, you got to fucking make your friends uncomfortable. I mean, you can do it one time. Maybe they want to come see you. But then, yeah, it's just shitty. Now, they either give you a spot or no. Or you don't want that spot anyway. You don't want that spot. Barking would make sense. I mean, we got this new show in New York. They were doing, like, bi-weekly uh, in the village. And it's me and, like, three other buddies, John Conroy, Clint Knorr, mm-hmm. and uh, Derek Humphrey. And so, yeah, it's hard to get an audience in New York. These shows, we get the lineups, we get great comics on, but then you, to get people out. So they sort of stood out barking one of the first shows, but I just sort of avoided. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I can't do that. So they, what are you contributing as a producer? I'm like, I don't know. I'll be here when I'm in town, but I, I'm going to retweet something for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like, I got a deal. I'm an I know idea they already want to let me go. <laughs> I'm going to get fucking fired from this show. And uh, I know it because I'm just not willing to do it. All this is going to kill me in my career. <laughs> it's already killed me in my career. If there was someone else here, they'd just be like, yeah, this is why it doesn't work. This is why you're not <laughs> rich or famous. List, list all these reasons. 20 things you're unwilling to do. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit I will never do. That's what I do. That's what I should do as a pitch meeting if I could ever get in a room. They're like, what do you have written? I have nothing written, but I can tell you what I hate. And I will not do. So maybe that'll narrow down what we could create here. Because I hate ninety eight percent of things as long as I don't on the planet. Yeah, it's that you have to do. It's almost um, being like you have to make a cake, but it's like I tell you right now, I don't fuck with butter, sugar. Okay, I'm not. It's like, but you still got to try to figure out how to make a cake. I thought about making a web series because people do that too. They're like, well, you have like a little webisode thing. It's always a fucking project, and I, I, like, you got to put together some from YouTube. And I hate it. People always like, well, I got a camera. We can film something. I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't think of one good idea. What am I going to do? And then I just thought of all the ideas I don't want to do. I'm like, I'm doing the most botched, like, man on the street. Where I'm like, the only thing I would like to do if I did a man on the street thing is not even talk to the person, but just yell at the guy behind the camera. I'm like, why? This is this, it's been done. Why are we here? I always wanted to do that. Yeah. It's just like every contrived idea that's been done, just undermining it. And. 
works. That's always what I think is funny. Not doing it <laughs> is hating the idea of it. I'm terrible at it. Because I, I always think that's the funniest part, too. And I, yeah, I don't want to be a part of it. I'm like, when am I going to come up with some contrived idea? That, whether it's a sitcom or Man on the Street or I don't know what else is going on. Pull <sighs> pranks on people. <sighs> I don't know. I, lo- I don't know. <sighs> I'm just an old school, like, curmudgeon, you know. See that's why, yeah, because that's that's and that's why I mean hoops got to always come back because like I got to hear how this is going. Like we have to, yeah. we're invested in this now because you are like in New York trying to make it happen, but you're an introvert. And you don't really like talking to people, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, how does this? How does it? What's this work? Yeah. yeah, in the in the most densely populated city in the world, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I've really put myself in the worst spot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to do. And, and then everybody's like, you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, it sounds terrible. I just do it. Shoot on it. Like, well, you're going to have to be flexible. I'm like, oh, no. Not flexible. I'm like, I'm 19 years into comedy. And I'm, these rules and things I'm not willing to do. What about Madonna? I can't reinvent my shit. <laughs> Every two years. Right. <laughs> what, is that? what does that mean? Right. So, yeah. but, but last question. I want to ask you about this, too, because I know we probably have to. Go oh, yeah. Where are we ever? But it's okay. Yeah. It's worth it. It's, it's who? You talk about your relationship. Yes. And you have, you're in a relationship with someone younger than you. Right. Is that the first time you've done that? Uh, this is the biggest age gap, I guess. No, I've dated younger girls before, like five years younger than me and stuff, but she's 15. <laughs> wow. Years 15. younger? 16. Her birthday years younger, not years younger. Younger, years younger. Old. Okay. Younger. Because that, yeah. Because then we're getting into a weird area where we have to call somebody. <laughs> if she's older than me? No, if she's actually 15. Oh, shit. Right. It <laughs> yeah, stopped you said, at 15. It was a hard I? stop. Yeah. I didn't even like think. I was already thinking. You said, yeah, I've been dating this girl. She's 15. Years. Oh, I stopped. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Was right. we was like, glad oh. you fixed that. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, right. <laughs> this might be the last episode. I was thinking of something. Else. But yeah, 15 years, 15 years younger than me. She's 26 years old. All right. She just turned 26 yesterday, and I turned 42 in June. So. I see, and that's my wife is, uh, I think, seven years younger than me. And even I sometimes early on struggled with the, the different mm-hmm. frame of reference. Like, you know, I might be talking about a group I grew up with, and she's like, oh, that's old school. Like, you know, have you ever, did you ever run into that where you had just different frames of reference and things you would talk about? She's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, there's sometimes, there's just like, um, uh some stuff like shows and simple things like that shows or musicians and stuff. She misses some of that, but then, I mean, uh, she's also a comic. So, Oh, like, okay. So we got that. We're both only children. However you say that she's yeah, a child right. and she's yeah. raised by a uh, single mom. So we got like these things that we understand or we connect over and she's like great since you were super smart. But yeah, there are some references she misses like, um, and stuff like, and I see too through her that like she's, 26 and i've already through my 20s and they were really loud and um she's not like i was <laughs> in my 20s <laughs> but she's still like oh, there's a lot of things in life that are like still an adventure mm. and things that i've done so i see that a little bit of like she enjoys bars a lot more than i do <laughs> and we try to meet in the middle somehow yeah because i don't want to be like i'm not going in there <laughs> you don't want to be that right. there's nothing in that world it's just like jesus man let me just go in and have a beer. I'm not going to be that guy. Even though I always feel that. I'm like, oh, God. 
but <sighs> she's still like you know going out and stuff like that. And I try to keep up. We're do we got a healthy balance of that. Like she understands I'm sober and I've been through it and stuff. But I can go to a bar for a couple hours, but I'm not staying till four a.m. with her. You know. Did y'all meet at a comedy club? Uh, we met at a show in Brooklyn. Yeah, she actually booked me on her show. She was producing a show. Oh wow! And then we just sort of, we met a couple times before that, and then we just sort of talk, started talking that night, and then it just happened very naturally after that. Uh-huh. Pretty fast, almost two years in. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. She's very sweet. She's hilarious, and uh, you know, really smart, and calls me on my bullshit. But I've never dated a comic before. I was hesitant to date a comic. People know me, told me not to, but. So far, it's been a healthy relationship. Are you a marriage guy in the long run? Whether it's her or whatever, but... Uh, I can be long-term committed relationship. I don't know if I can be marriage guy. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. I could be... I feel like I could be with someone I'm in love with for 30 years and be monogamous. Mm-hmm. I could definitely do that. But, but not I don't marriage. I don't know. Or, or I don't know on marriage. Maybe. If someone was like, we're doing this because uh, like we understand it's bullshit, but you know, taxes is going to help... I'm like, all right. <laughs> but I don't know about the whole show of it. I don't know if I want. And then. I well, mean, that's, gener- I, I that's generally not about the guy anyway, right? That's right. that's what the women. Right. Because I feel this. I could have done without all of the pomp and circumstance. And yeah. I could have done without all of that. Um, you know, it's like a long. It, marriage is essentially a long term exclusive relationship. But then there's the tax benefits and the other stuff on the other end. Right. Of it. But I mean, you're kind of if you're with somebody 30 years, you pretty much did that yeah they just didn't call no, it a marriage yeah, right. yeah common yeah. law what yeah was that seven years common law so i, I think it might depend on the state but six yeah. a lot of places but i say i won't say i would never i might yeah staffle but maybe i could have definitely have the long-term relationships yeah and then as far as kids it's the thing i you know as far as a family five million dollars yeah I consider one kid. Oh yeah, he's, a, he, oh, he's got, a, he's that. That. He's got yeah. a great bit about yeah. that. <laughs> I stand by it. Five million dollars. Five million. Cash. <laughs> so you just don't want another you running around? Now, I sort of want this personality to continue. I want it to con- <laughs> destroy the world. No, I don't want. No, I don't want another you. A me. <laughs> no, I said that wrong. Uh, I don't know if I want. To, I don't know. I've never dreamed of the kid. Like I don't know. I, I my fear is that I've trashed like. People having, I know you're about to have a baby. I'm no, sorry, no, no, that's, <laughs> no. No, it's going to be a wonderful moment. No, but, yeah, you know, so it, it'll, it'll be great. It's, uh, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I've trashed kids. You, part of my fear is this, too, is that I talked all this shit about, I don't want kids fucking, why would you have eight kids and stuff like that? I bet if I had a kid with a woman I loved, I feel like I would probably go the other direction and it would become, my OCD would latch onto this kid. This is the most special thing ever. I probably wouldn't care about comedy anymore. Mm. It would just be this kid, this kid, this kid. This is gives my flesh and blood. Da, 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 da. And I'd be like this insane parent. Because that's what happens. I just get excited about new things and then I jump in head first. Alcoholism, comedy, whatever. <laughs> it would now be the kid. Not the this kid. is my special kid. This is my special This is the best kid. This is the best kid. And that's not healthy either. <laughs> nah, that ain't good. I don't really feel like I had a kid. I would hate the kid or be a bad dad or something like that. I think I would just probably. Too into it. Too into it. So maybe I shouldn't do it at all. Yeah. Because I don't think I can keep it in a healthy way. Where I'm like, yeah, it's my kid. And, you know. And your lady's good with that? She's like, oh, all right. She doesn't want kids. Also, then you're good. you're good to go for now. Yeah. She doesn't like kids. Probably, like, more than me. She's really resistant. I mean, she's 26 years old, so. But she definitely doesn't want them anytime soon. If ever. Yeah. yeah. So. That's what that my part. wife told me. She said she didn't want kids, and then she goes, "We're pregnant." Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. I said I thought you were on the idea. I was like, I thought you were on the pill. That's what I said. I thought you, and she said, "Oh no, I went holistic." 
<laughs> at the beginning of the year. I was like, I feel like that's a conversation that we should yeah. have, not just I'm not wearing makeup and I'm not taking the pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she goes, with, she goes, with, yeah, she goes with pregnant. But she knows I like I always wanted a kind of a family, and maybe that comes from being an a only child, right? Or yeah. a lot of the only children I know don't want kids. Yeah, I'm an only child too, or was, or still am, and yeah, zero interest in having. And children, I find that yeah. a lot. And people that come from big families yeah. tend to want big families. Yeah. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. I don't want – I never thought about that. No. Was your lady an only child? Yeah, or? she's an only child. Ah, there you go. Yeah. 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 And so she's never had any idea. I mean, I'm fine. I think it does have something to do with the only child thing. I'm just – it's just never sounded good to me um, of the, the kid. The weird thing that popped into my head the other day, my wife and I had, have been married for 20 years now. And so it, it – in my head, anytime someone asks, like, you know, oh, didn't you want a kid or whatever? In my head, my child, my figurative child, is always a, an infant, you know, so I'm holding the baby and I'm, mm. you know, or toddler age. Yeah. Had we had children early in our marriage, my kid would be high school age or older than that now, which completely freaks me out. Really? <laughs> because A, I can't possibly be that old. And B, <laughs> How would what would I do with a teenager? What am I gonna? What would I? You know, it's just it's not even. I it, it's I can't even wrap my head around the idea of having another adult, you know, or near adult. It, it, it's not. It's no. It doesn't. It's not. No. No. It's, it's not. They can't be. Yeah. Thing. This lifelong. Can you imagine? No, I can't. And it does come down to money that I'm not ready to sacrifice my dreams right. for this kid. Right. 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 <laughs> I'm not. I still would like to go to like the example he uses. Go to France. If you don't have it, you can do that. But you need to be rich to drag your family around the world. Yeah. Otherwise, your vacations change. That's the bit. But I stand by that. Of like, I don't want to be stuck in one place with a family. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go all over the world. <laughs> I can't do that with three kids or even one. Yeah. Unless you're wealthy. Yeah. People don't say that. Well, yeah. that's that's good. That says something about you, because some people would go, "Yeah, just go and not take them." Like that's what some people yeah. do with that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I never pictured me bringing them. Yeah. I never pictured right, yeah. that. So at least you know you wouldn't be a shitty dad. No, I don't think I'd be a shitty dad, but I want to have it right before I do it, and that's. But I don't know if I ever will. Yeah. It doesn't sound appealing to me. I don't know why. At the whole throwing a ball with a kid, and I don't know. It doesn't I, sound having to go to their concerts and dance recitals and. All of it. Shitty football games. See, and I'm, and in, then, I'm into all of that. What I also thought, too, is that you also have the bonus years with the kid. Like, I, so you're supposed to go through 18. I know ki- parents provide past that. Like, my mom got, I'm her only kid, and she got the 18 years. Plus, I was a drunken asshole until <laughs> I was 30. She got three decades of just getting <laughs> nailed yeah. with, like, bailing me out. Bailing me out. The only kid. She was the best mom ever, and I just did this. Three decades. And then before I sort of straightened up, and she still worries about me. I ever apologize to her every time I see her. I'll see her today. I apologize. I probably owe her $80 million. <laughs> if I win the lottery, it won't pay my mother back. I don't think. And I feel such tremendous guilt because she's the sweetest lady ever. And they, like, planned my birth and everything. Her and my dad, like, they're not together anymore, and she kicked them out a long time ago. But they, like, tried to have me. I was intentional. And this They've happened. done. She's done everything for me. She had a C-section, 1975 C-section, scars, yeah, with, you know? Wow. Yeah, Jagged, rusty yeah. knife. Yeah, yeah they that's let a her different sit. kind of C-section. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah and they let her sit in labor for like a day before they decided to do that. And so she all starts with pain. 
more pain than normal, and then I'm an asshole for three decades. <laughs> three decades. And then I sort of got it together, but I she's still like worries about me. Does she want grandkids? Me. She did for a while. She used to bring it up years ago. Now she doesn't bring it up. Huh. I think she's given up on the idea. So you um, don't want some little kid coming around and doing that to you. Three decades. Yeah. Of, yeah. I feel bad. I feel so bad of what my mom <laughs> had to go through. <laughs> she's the best. She's the sweetest. She's like, it's all worth it and all that. I'm like, I don't Still know, she mom. says that. Yeah. What a beautiful woman. She's such a great woman. Wow. I'm going to take her to lunch today. I'm going to apologize again. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, though. Because it's not just that. It's the whole life. Like, if your kid does whatever. Yeah. I mean, how many kids? I'm going to apologize to her today, too. How many kids just, like, good kids and then get an academic scholarship and then just, they're just successful doctors? And then yep. they're, like, most of them, like, I, like me, it was just a fucking mess. Yeah. And the parents have to bail them out and hope they don't, you know, wreck a car. They're drunk. <laughs> you know, she had to worry about me. Still got to worry about me, even sober, like traveling yeah. in some weird business that I've gotten myself into. Yeah. I know yeah. she's worried, like, will he be all right? Yeah. All these things. There's yeah. that part, because somebody described having a child to me as, like, your heart outside of your body walking around experiencing the world. Yeah, it's crazy. To have that right. level of connectedness to something that you can't protect all the time. Right. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, especially no, no. if the kid is doing some of everything like <laughs> yeah. you. That yeah, is really rough. Yeah. I know. I, yes, I, I feel so bad. So maybe I don't want that. I'm scared. I couldn't take it. I thought about this, too. Hmm. I, I know we're running along, but it was drinking, too. I saw I was in Brooklyn somewhere. I was driving. And across the intersection, there was, like, a hipster kid. He was, like, early 20s and wasted. He's trying to cross this intersection or his, or his crosswalk. And he can barely, can barely walk. And I, luckily, I'm at a stop sign, so I'm just like, I'll wait it out. He's wobbling across the street. He just falls, like, on the park bench next uh on the other side of the street, and I'm like, this is the first time, because I'm not a parent, I ever thought, I'm like, somewhere, there's like a man and a woman in like Tacoma, Washington, whose 20-year-old passion project is about to be killed by a city bus. I'm like, there are parents that love this kid, it moved to New York, drank like an asshole, and walked in front of a cab and got killed. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I couldn't take that. I go, I could not take it. Right. I'm like, his parents don't know what he's doing. He's wandering around this bad neighborhood no. in Brooklyn. No. I almost hit him. He's blacked out at 1030. He doesn't even know where he is on the planet. I'm like, there's some parents that raised him yeah. somewhere. And I felt bad for them in that moment. It's the first time I ever felt that. Huh. I don't want to feel that. That is. I felt bad for the parents. I'm like, Jesus, you did everything you could. Yeah. And this fucking jackass But then kid. see, something like that it makes you question that. Like, what did we do wrong that our kid does right. like yeah, that? Right, yeah, say. Yeah. And I'm sure he was fine. I'm sure he made it home. It was just a but drunk damn. Thing. But it was the first time I ever thought like that. I had, like, the parents worried. I just imagined them sitting in Des Moines, Iowa, worried sick about his yeah. new life in Brooklyn. And he's about to be killed if yeah. he keeps acting yeah. like this. Yeah, see, my father was the opposite. My dad was never all that worried. Like, he never wanted to – he never had to know where I was. Like, my mom died when I was young, so it was my dad. And, like, when I was in college, I'd talk to him every – you know, sometimes we'd go a month, you know, and it'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to – Kentucky for something and he'd be like all right well give me how long you get back it wasn't you better be safe you better be buckle your seatbelt my dad was just I was like hey yeah, I, was, I always felt like in my like you know how some families it's like the kid is the center <clears throat> of everything and it's like our lives now funnel through the kid I was more of like a supporting actor in my house like my dad was the star and wherever he did we were just along for the ride it wasn't about us it was never about us 
It was just he lived his life and he made sure wow. we were okay, but he was never invested to the point where we eclipsed, uh, you know, at the the time he spent thinking about what he wanted to do. Right. Oh, wow. He just kind of lived his life and we were there. Yeah. So different kinds of folks, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but I plan on being the picture. same way with my kid. Like, my kid's not going to be my profile picture. I'm not putting pictures of my <laughs> child on Facebook. Like, if we're talking about him, I'll show you a picture of him. But I'm not. He's not going to be the star. I'm the. <laughs> well, there you go. You can say it. No, it was. I'm telling you, my my father was like that, man. I remember my my brother was getting into <clears throat> drugs and doing all sorts of stuff. And my father said, "Look," he just told him. He said, "Listen, man," he said, "if you if you want to do something with your life." And you want to be success- successful and be productive, I'll be there for you. I'll give you the shirt off my back. But if you want to be a fuck up and just kind of do whatever, you're not going to drag the unit down. It doesn't work like that. He said, you could be on the top of a building screaming, I'm going to jump. He said, just let me know so I can get out of the way so that shit doesn't get on my shoes. Wow. That's what he said. And he and it just stuck and resonated. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't have that safety net. I don't have a dad that's going to rush down to jail and bail me out. Right. I didn't have that guy. And he was a lawyer. <laughs> like my dad was love, a lawyer yeah. and uh, my brother got busted for smoking weed and my dad's like I'm not fucking going not helping my dad was a Dude. criminal defense lawyer <laughs> <laughs> he's like fine I'm not going you can hire me if you want yeah he's wow. like hey it's on you <laughs> yeah. you're not dragging the unit down it's too alright maybe that's healthier in a way yeah honestly I don't know I think you can cripple a kid sometimes if you're too eh. yeah. yeah smothering but you Somewhere. did fine. Yeah, it looks like you had the good balance and everything's good. My mom's the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. You in New York making it happen? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, man. So. We'll get one of these man on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't be homeless because this one over here. That's... Yeah. She's done. Oh, that's right. People yeah, she'll kill no me. Compassion. I'm homeless. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> well, that's uh, well, should we wrap it up here? What do you think? Uh, yeah, we got to be worn out. We wear two, two and a half hours. So, you got anything next you want to plug? Anything you're doing? Cities, people should come see you. Just uh, road dates. My website's paulhoopercomedy.com, so I keep road dates on that. So I do Greensboro tonight, Idiot Box, and then tomorrow night I'm in Clayton Comedy Zone, and then Houston at the Joke Joint uh, in Houston next weekend. And then yeah, if anyone's in New York, we run a show in the Village called Old Talent Night uh, twice a month. And so all that stuff's like social media will be on my website yeah. too. But so you said you're in Houston next weekend. Houston next weekend. Next week. So will you go back to New York and then back to Houston? Yeah, I'm flying back to New York Sunday oh, so night, okay. and then Houston Friday morning. Well, I was wondering if you were driving or what. No driving. Okay. No, all planes. Okay. I'm I'm driving to Greensboro. That's about the extent of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And welcome to the Hall of Fame. Thank you. You're in the I'm Comedy honored. Zone I'm podcast. You, we should have called him like they do and tell him he got the gold <laughs> jacket. We should have called <laughs> that him. Makes me feel good. Yeah, man. So it's always a pleasure, man. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Hope you had fun. We did. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs>